to the highway. Um, episode whatever, because yep. we don't know what we're going to drop. Yep. Uh, offsite, one of the uh, people I have said I would wanted to have on the podcast before. Um, when I said <clears throat> when I said I was going to have her on here, I didn't actually ask her, but I thought that she might want to do it. So here we are. So it worked out, right? I could have been full of crap, but she said yes. Um, so Smee is here. Hello. Smee, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm always good, of course. Uh, Bird is not here, who's a fan favorite. Um, we always say that he died, but he didn't actually People die. might start believing it because yeah. he, has, he has missed a couple. Yeah, so yeah, he's still alive as far as we know, but he's actually taking some cargo to Tennessee. Does yeah, that sound right? Tennessee right now. Yeah, he's taking some table legs or something that he welded to Tennessee, so he couldn't be here. Much more important things, but... We have somebody who I have no doubt will fill his shoes and be just as exciting and just as entertaining. Yeah, I'm sure. Are you saying I have big feet? You have some big shoes to fill because Bird is a fan favorite. Everybody talks about Bird and wants to have a glass of whiskey with Bird, which I do too. So we have... He's a wild man. He is a wild man. Uh, My friend, a defense attorney, which is weird to say, um, Denise Childress here with us. Yes, hello. Well... Thank Hi. You for having me on here. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, thank you for being on here. Uh, I know it probably wasn't. Uh, I don't want to say wasn't too exciting because we had talked about it, right? And I think you initially said, "Yeah, that'd be really fun." So yeah. I think that's really cool because I don't think a lot of attorneys would probably come on here. So I, I appreciate you coming on here. Yeah. Clearly, With the caveat that uh, you're not actually recording this, right? Are you gonna use yeah. This nope. Later nope. This is completely. <laughs> Um, anonymous, right. We're not sitting in your office <laughs> recording this. So yeah, this will not be used against you at all. Uh, but no, seriously, I appreciate you being here. I think you're going to bring a different perspective to the podcast because we have different episodes. Some are serious, some are not, right? So this one, I assume, is going to be semi-serious? We'll see. Okay. We'll see where the chips fall. See what happens. All right. So that's right. Yeah. Um, which I do want to thank you because, again, you have been a very gracious host. And probably the best host we've had, because oh, yeah. the only host. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because usually we so do. So then I hope I'm the best. Yeah. Usually it's like in a dirty motel room, yeah, right? Somewhere. Like DoorDash. Yeah, somewhere along I seventy. Yeah. yeah, we get the room for like thirty five dollars an hour, yeah. something like that. Yeah. So, no, I appreciate it. All of us. Yeah, all even above. a cheese plate. There's a cheese plate sitting three quarters of the way down the table, yeah, so like just far enough away. Yeah, <laughs> I can't actually reach it, so it's probably not real cheese, but uh, there is cheese here. So, and you actually got us a gift too, which is very cool. Yeah, do you want to talk about the gift? I feel like you should. Do you want? Because we'll, I will. I feel like we should definitely. I don't know what it is, so I don't know. Appearance. I feel oh, like yeah. Denise should talk about it. So it is the uh, disappearing civil liberties mug. So when you pour hot coffee into it, you can watch your civil liberties disappear. And I give this to you to remind you of the power that you have in law enforcement because you are the first line to ensuring that our civil liberties are respected and they do not disappear. So just a nice, friendly reminder. I like that. (laughs) She gives it to me because I like coffee. Yeah. (laughs) Well, no, I think that's very cool because you and I have obviously talked about our different roles, right? We have different roles in uh, in what we do. Though they're different, I think uh, they're the same. Or connected. Maybe I should say that. Maybe not the same, but connected. So I think I that's a cool gift. So I really appreciate that. Yeah. Um, all right. So I'm just going to let you kind of introduce yourself and uh, kind of tell us maybe your background, maybe even how you got where you are and why you do what you do. 
if that makes sense. You're welcome to share however much or however little. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. It's totally up to you. I mean, I have your complete background history or background here, so I'll share it with the world, probably on yeah. Instagram yeah, or Facebook. Yeah, it sounds, you know. it sounds good. Yeah. So that, that reminds me of a funny, a funny story of my first jury trial that I'll, I'll share if you remind me. But I'm Denise Childress. I am a criminal defense attorney. I handle uh, criminal traffic, but I focus my practice on DWI defense. So I started out, this is kind of nerdy, but I started out growing up reading Nancy Drew books. Oh, yes. And so is that, what is that? I appreciate that. Yes, yes. Right? Is that like Carmen Sandiego or stuff? What is that? <laughs> no, it's, I mean, like, she was like a female detective, right? Yeah. And she just investigated all these, you know, super, you know, crimes and things. Yeah. So I okay. appreciate that. We'll have to talk more offline about that. <laughs> okay. I have I have my collection at yeah. home. You can borrow some you, if you well, like. In, okay, I'm gonna. Uh, okay. <laughs> did you ever watch like the show that came out with like a CW show? It got weird. Tell I'm an OG, us. so okay. I don't like change. So okay. I decided to keep to not to not watch it. it. Yeah. So I watched a part of it, but it went real deep into like the supernatural, and so she gets like investigating that type of stuff, which was like whoa, dang. Um, well, so. my my memory of it is that it was she's basically a girl detective, and so that got me into mystery, and I always actually wanted to be a detective, and I went mm. to undergrad, and I was a criminal justice major, and with that you go into policing, corrections, or you become a lawyer, and when it came time to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. You have an honest talk with yourself, and I really don't think I could shoot somebody to save my life. Okay. And so I decided not to go into policing, which is why I have mad respect for what you guys do, because I know I can't do it. Um, so that brought me into defense work. I had an internship at a public defender's office. Okay. In uh, Kirksville. And I will never forget my very first day. So do you know, well, I don't know how far this podcast is going to go. Uh, uh, are you going to say names? Not of any clients. Okay. No. Well, we, can, or, yeah, we can also, if we need Yeah, it. we can bleep. Go ahead. Yeah, whatever okay, you want. Okay, so, so do you know what Albert Einstein looks like? Mm-hmm. And Mark Twain? Oh, yeah. They, okay. They're the same. They, I'm convinced they're the yeah. same person. So if they had a baby, uh-huh. they would be this guy that was my supervisor okay. on the first day I walked into the office, and they were investigating... Um, a double rape charge, and I, was, I grew up very sheltered, very conservative, and I walk into that waiting room, and he's like, oh, good, Denise, I'm glad you're here. How do you think we could, like, move around like this to make this happen? It was just, it was just really uh, jump off the deep end. Okay, and this is your first case. day? This was my first moment walking, literally opened the door, and he was in the waiting room trying to figure out how to position himself oh, and wow. make this happen. So okay. the claim was that one uh, young woman was raped by two men, in a truck, but neither of them ever got outside of the truck, out of the truck. They mm. were just somehow maneuvering within there. Okay. So fast forward eight months, uh, my client couldn't afford bond and was not able to get out and he lost his freedom for that long. And as an intern, I thought, you know what, I'm just gonna take the reins and apologize later, right? And so um, we, needed, we needed phone records because the claim was not that it was consensual, but that it just didn't happen. Okay, and didn't so happen at all. Didn't happen okay. at all. wasn't even there. So cut to the chase. Um, after everybody else tried for months and months and months, and this guy languished in jail, I was able to get phone records that showed that it could not have possibly happened to the, to the point that the night before the trial, the prosecutor dismissed the case. And actually, I will respect him always for doing this, prosecuted the person who made the claim for false report and okay. for false yeah. testimony. Um, because we were able to prove it just did not happen. Okay. And for me, having that much of an impact on somebody's life, just with my own two hands, not even being a lawyer, is what 
um, really got me going in this practice. I know that's a longer than, than you might expect. So I thought I'd be a public defender for life because those individuals are uh, really down on hard times. They don't have anybody in their corner. Now you're talking about the, um, I always say suspect, so I know it's like different, but like the off- alleged offender. The defendant. Okay, yes. defendant, thank yes. you. So my clients, the defendant. Glass of whiskey, everybody slow down. I'm a glass <laughs> of whiskey deep. All right. It, it got serious quick. I okay, mean, I yeah. Most of the serious stuff. Out. I went from joking to now we're talking about. No, but go <laughs> ahead. Take, go take ahead. a big gulp of that whiskey. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I just, I felt like I could do the most good um, in the public defender's office because there is very minimal resources and people that just really need the help. And when I was became a lawyer down in the public defender's office, Carl Ward, my biggest mentor in this field, scooped me up and Okay. Who's and probably an me. avid listener of the podcast, I have no doubt. I imagine. I imagine okay. he would call in right now if it was live. Yeah, yeah. If we knew how to do like phone like call ins, I have no doubt that's he would like be. Phase two of podcast. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We're gonna go live eventually, but okay, that's very cool. Yeah. Um, so how long were you in public defender's office? So I was only a licensed attorney in the public defender's office for about a year, but I okay. interned in five different offices across the state. And that was North Missouri for the most part, right? It was um, Kirksville, then St. Louis City, St. Louis County, St. Charles County, covering Warren and Lincoln, and then I worked in St. Francis County. Okay. All right. Very cool. So I didn't know that, right? Yeah. We've talked for, or known each other for what, two years? Well, we only talked alcoholic well that's that's true well that okay we're getting there (laughs) we're getting there i didn't know that yeah so okay so what awesome like angle of it there right because i i definitely relate to the to the nancy drew and the mystery solving aspect of it that's a cool reason to get in yeah yeah and i think it's also gives a unique background of why i really do support and respect law enforcement because as i said before i I know i couldn't do it and so I, i don't envy what you guys do i don't envy the hate that you guys get and the you know you have one of the most dangerous jobs and it's also one of the most thankless jobs and and so that's important to remember i think we can close with that all right (laughs) let's get out of here no but so all right so what you just said is probably probably why we actually started talking right Uh, but i want to get there that's on my agenda that i have prepared i went really deep into this and prepared agenda prepared an agenda it's printed and everything uh, yeah it's definitely printed out in official uh paper but okay so you went to uh, or carl ward scooped you up okay mm-hmm. and then so how did you get into specifically like dwi stuff because for the most part that's what you do now yes that okay. is the focus of my practice um and i think Carl's main thing was DWI too. Is that right? Yes. So is that how you got linked into that? Absolutely. So I, I lovingly refer to him as the godfather of DWI law. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a, a lot of the appellate court cases that, that really created this area of law. He was the attorney on. And so he taught me almost everything I know. And uh, one of the things I love about DWI that got me hooked is how scientific it is and mm-hmm. one of the things you've probably found out about me is i'm a huge nerd yeah i think i i probably <laughs> so. call you a nerd once a month once a week i don't know yeah, something right. like that okay so that kind of intrigued you a little bit um how about this one this is not on the agenda but do you recall your first dwi case i do i do recall my first dwi case i was a public defender and i will tell you that I did not have, I had training, but I didn't have the training that you really need to have as a, as anybody involved in this field, as you know, with NHTSA. And I'll never forget looking at page one of the AIR and seeing all those check boxes mm-hmm. of all those field sobriety and thinking, well, what am I going to do? My client is just screwed. And so that summer I went to the Bernie Edelman 
DWI Law and Science Seminar and learned oh. about those field sobriety tests. Okay. And okay. how my client may not have been sober. Oh, here we go. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we should be way more into this by now. But, no, I really appreciate all this because, like I said, we've known each other for a while and a lot of this stuff I didn't know. Um, so I appreciate that. Okay, so we talked about who you are, what you do. So now you're on the St. Louis side, St. Louis area, St. Charles area of Missouri. And your primary thing is DWI. Mm-hmm. And so let's talk about, I guess, because we have a unique or different relationship that I don't think a lot of law enforcement and attorneys have, especially defense attorneys. I right? would agree. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you want to... Do you want me to tell a story of how this relationship started, or do you want to tell a story? I've been talking for a while. I'll drink, you talk. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well, mine is going to be completely honest and and truthful. Oh, unlike mine? Yeah. Yeah, yours is obviously deceptive and just trying to get me to say random things. But Mm -hmm. as I recall, and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm sitting in my office minding my own business when my office phone rings. Mm -hmm. And I see it says... I think it said Denise Childress, attorney at law, or something like that on the caller ID. Sure. So I answer the phone, and you're on the other line. And I think you immediately say, hey, Denise Childress, this is what I do. I've got a couple questions about DWI. Does that sound pretty close so far? Ish, yeah, sure. Ish, okay. Yeah. And <laughs> you can call him on these. He no, no. I'm, I'm waiting to see where he goes, and yeah. then I'll call him. No, I think this is it. So, like, like, this is the direct examination. Don't worry, I'm coming in with my cross. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, I said, I remember we talked, and I am not opposed to talking to the defense. I think that that is, uh, um, I am very pro. So if I can answer a question mm-hmm. that, number one, helps the whole situation, right? So let's say there's, there's a training issue or whatever that you have a question on. If I can answer that and basically clarify it, either A, before going to court or going into court, that we know everybody's on the same page, I think I can, I try to do that. And sometimes I get a little bit of flack for talking to the defense attorney but the way i look at it is whether i'm talking to you talking to the judge talking to the prosecutor it's all the same information right mm-hmm. if it's truthful so it doesn't matter who i'm telling that to so anyway i remember you and i had a conversation i think and you it, said that to me and you gained my respect because that is how it should be but keep going oh okay all right see look at that i'm right on cue here right i knew it, yeah, nailing it. i knew it i might be a whiskey deep but i remember this <laughs> And I think that we had talked about, and this is where it does get a little fuzzy, maybe some training, and you had some question on maybe Mm -hmm. hours or what I train people to do or somewhere in there. I I think what it was is I agree with you that you should be able to talk about training with anybody because the training doesn't change. The NHTSA training is the NHTSA training. And so I also like to believe law enforcement officers when they testify and like to believe that they're telling the truth under oath. But I know a little bit about the training in Missouri, or at least I thought I did. <laughs> no, the re- so, so I had officers testifying on the stand that they did not receive a NHTSA manual That's what it was. during their training. And okay. that seemed off to me because, you know, I had been told that they always get a manual. And so I think, well, that's odd. And then I hear another officer say it and another officer. So the first one, I'm thinking, you're a liar. The second one, I'm thinking, why are you still lying? The third one, I'm thinking... Well, maybe they just changed the way they did things because mm-hmm. I I want to believe that officers are being truthful, and so I want to make sure I know what the truth is, right? Sure. So I tried to call to find out. Hey, look, has the training changed? Are we not getting manuals anymore? Because if if that many officers are telling me that, hey, then I probably just missed something. Sure, sure. 
Sure. Turns out I didn't miss anything. They are supposed to be getting their annuals. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So, I, and kind of like, like where you gained my respect, I remember we started talking and you you were like, hey, I don't want to be asking questions if it's, if, if the training has changed, right? Because right. I don't want to be leading them down a path of, or not even leading down a path, that sounded really bad. Uh, but I don't asking, want to be treating somebody like they're being untruthful when they're not being sure, untruthful. Sure, sure. So yeah, I think we, we probably talked for 35, 40 minutes. Does that sound right? It was a very long time. Yeah, too long. I had uh, more important things to do like <laughs> Candy Crush, stuff like that. But we talked for a while. So anyway, um, really, I guess we've kind of chatted ever since. And I think we kind of bounced stuff off of each other here and there. Does that yeah. sound right? Yeah. Uh, I am going to say that I did go to one of your conferences and did a pre-recorded recording on police bias. Yes, thank you for that. Right? I appreciate it. But one thing I like to talk about is I showed up. Yeah. During, so you were teaching, right? Yeah, I was like mid sentence. Yeah, so you're mid sentence in your course because it was it was the uh, DWI Institute that you have, right? Yeah. So I started, I co-founded a uh, continuing legal education company called the Missouri DWI Institute. So okay. you came to that. Yes. Okay. Yeah. It, which, by the way, you said I could, right? I, I did. didn't oh, just yeah. randomly show up. Yeah. yeah. Pause for a second. So do they get a manual with their courses? Because I don't. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So okay. really. <laughs> The, the, the confusion. I on the edge of my seat. I know. Right? <laughs> so was I. I'm like, there can't be this many people, but I still don't know why that was the testimony that so, was given. But. And I think we had talked about this before, so I want to cover <laughs> this right now. A lot of times, especially the training that uh, I'm involved in, a lot of times there's a lot of um, sleep deprivation. There's a lot, of, um, a lot more hours of training than a normal officer gets. So when you're in the academy, and anybody that's went through that understands that as I learn, I flush. So basically they get through, since we're talking about DWI, they get through DWI and then they try to flush that information and move on to EVOC, or, which is driving, right? Or domestic violence or whatever. Now, we could argue right or wrong, I don't know, but that's just the I way mean, it truly is. Standpoint. I've seen the NHTSA manual, and I mean, I don't know that like, if somebody handed that to me, I'd be like, oh, I can't wait. To get my hands in this information. <laughs> no, it, I don't. No, it's, that's fair. And I just like, whew. Yeah, and it's, it's not necessarily that, getting your hands in it. It is just, um, you know, and, and maybe like they don't understand like what the, like when I say NHTSA manual, like what that is. Maybe yeah. they just think it's my DWI book or whatever. Yeah. I, I don't know. And we yeah. had kind of talked about that, that. Yeah, except I show it to them and they, they say they've never seen it before. Well, you know, if I had to guess, <laughs> yours is, is We probably, don't need to go down this Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm guessing yours is out of date. It's who uh -huh. knows you've altered so many there things. Yes. I take pages out. No, no, that's not true. But, but what, you're saying, <laughs> what you're saying is is important though, and why I I respect officers as I do what I do because there is so much training for officers to know, mm -hmm. right? So you're kind of talking about when you go through the academy, you learn one thing, you gotta, you gotta learn the next thing, right? Mm -hmm. You're not just taught DWI. When you're walking up to a car, you don't know what you're gonna expect. You don't know if it's a possession, a robbery, maybe the person's kidnapped, or I don't, sure. I don't know what goes through officers' minds, but then you have to recall your training and you have to do it properly. And so that's where my job comes in because DWI is hard to do properly. It's sure. a lot of training. I do know the training like the back of my hand because that's the only training I need to know. I don't need to know all your other training, right? Right. You're specific to DWI, right? Right, okay. right. And so it, it's important. My role, I, I genuinely believe a main point behind my role is, or the approach that I take with my law enforcement officers, is when you get on the stand, we're going to review your training, right? How are you trained? 
how did you do it this time and was that in accordance with your training and if it was then well my clients don't have that great of a defense if you made a mistake that night that's okay you're human you make sure. a mistake it might not kill your whole arrest but if you say you didn't make a mistake that's going to kill your credibility um, and so it's just reviewing the training and making sure you did it right because I do believe in my heart that officers only want to arrest people that they should arrest. And sure. If they make a mistake, then then they would want to know that because we don't want to arrest people because they're injured. We only want to arrest people because they're intoxicated, right? No, I agree. And and I think that, and again, now it's all kind of coming back to me as we're talking because I feel like this conversation is very close to what we had on the phone. But yeah, I think the main thing is, and what I teach people is, listen, you're a person, you're going to make mistakes, right? People are inherently flawed, Right. So I think the big thing is, if I did make a mistake, let's just say during HGN, walk a turn, mm -hmm. one leg stand, whatever it is, is I go, yep, you know what, that was a mistake, I administered it this way, I was taught to do it this way, not a bit, I don't want to say it's not a big deal, but it's not a big deal, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that admitting to that stuff builds, actually, your credibility mm -hmm. as the timeline goes on, because then, let's say somewhere down there, you question me on, you know, X, right? But now I dig in and say, no, no, this is actually what happened. I think my previous admission of, correct, I didn't do this or I didn't do that, now gives me more credibility down the line. Would you agree with that? I would agree with that. So okay. um, when I train law enforcement, that's the number one thing I say is you are in the same courtroom most of the time. You're with the same attorneys, same judges. The minute you try to save your reputation by lying or saying you did something properly that you didn't or, you know, twist, maybe lying is too strong of a word, but trying to save face in one case, you're going to lose your reputation with all those people for the next case and all the rest of the cases. So you might as well just own up to the one mistake because we all make mistakes. Yeah, sure. I mean, to err, to err is human, right? And so mm -hmm. if you're not admitting, there's one of two reasons. You are trying to save face or you don't know well enough what you should have been doing mm -hmm. to admit that you weren't doing it correctly. And either way, your credibility is, you know, is... Yeah. You know, I think your credibility in a courtroom is really all you have. Right? That's all you have anywhere, but yeah, also right. In the I mean, but, but <laughs> yeah. you like you know you take a courtroom like, hey, is any credibility. I've never no, I mean like because so I've testified. I'm going to say in a few cases, right? You lost uh, them all, didn't uh, you? Uh, negative. <laughs> I've lost one time. I've lost one time, and that was my doing. Um, but what I'm talking about is credibility in a courtroom. Is so like nobody knows me from Adam when I walk in, right? Mm -hmm. So all I have is what they know from me at that point. So if it, it seems, even if I'm not, but if it seems I'm being deceptive, that hurts my credibility, which hurts me throughout the entire case. Mm -hmm. So again, when I train our guys, I said that's all you have once you walk in the courtroom, mm -hmm. right? Um, and I'm going to go a little bit further. What I also tell my guys to do is win, lose, or draw, whatever you want to say. I always tell them. Go up to the defense attorney afterwards and shake their hand. And shake their hand. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now. That's just like a, a good sportsmanship. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, it is. Like and, um, you know. <laughs> Not all of them do it. Because, <laughs> well. well Should we get into egos? No, slow down. All right. <laughs> if, I have to, if I have to start fighting you both off, I will. But, Man, where is Bird? You need yeah, to I know. Out. Yeah, he would, be, he would have my back. But I think, you know, the big thing is, listen, we're just doing a job, right? Mm -hmm. So it's nothing personal. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's a few that I remember, like the defense attorney looking at me weird that I'm like, Hey, appreciate it. Appreciate you coming in. Thanks for having me. Appreciate your, you know, your questions, whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, and then I, I almost think that they took that, like I was being sarcastic mm -hmm. or like kind of attacking them mm -hmm. because we won, <laughs> but, um, 
No, but seriously, so I always like, I do coach or tell my guys, hey, listen, they're just people, we're all doing the same thing, no big deal. However, mm-hmm. I'm going to say one thing here, and I'm not going to say their name or whatever. There is one attorney that I have not shaken their hand, nor will I ever. Have I told you this story? Can you shake my hand right now yeah. so I make yeah, sure it's not, okay, yeah. we'll, it's not me. I will, I will do yours. For the right. record, he shook my hand. Okay, yeah. just saying. <laughs> so, I'm not going to say names, and I think I may have talked to you about this before. Okay. Um, but it was a jury trial. And it was a really interesting, you know, DWI, I'm not going to get into the whole thing, no field sobriety, there's a lot of stuff, a mm-hmm. lot of moving parts to this case. Mm-hmm. Now, okay? was this your case or were you an expert on this case? No, this was mine. Okay. Yeah, this was when I was uh, uh, kind of a newer officer, mm-hmm. so. So probably a bad arrest, got it. No, it was solid. <laughs> I'm just it was solid and the jury said it was, right? Okay, <laughs> but here's the deal. In closing arguments, mm-hmm. this attorney, and this is where, this is where I think we get like bad relationships with each other because officers see what this guy did mm-hmm. and then now say you would do the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. We, we lump them all into the same category. Yeah, And probably, if, if we're being honest, mm-hmm. defense attorneys do that with us, right? Absolutely. One officer says this, well, that means mm-hmm. all of them do that, right? Mm-hmm. Which is not the case. But anyway, in closing arguments, this is legit. This guy compares me a human being to the Auschwitz concentration camp that killed millions of Jews via gas chamber. He was well, the one for the ethos. You did not tell me this story. I have so not told I, you I that? I can't wait till we turn this microphone off and you let me know who this person is. It was, <laughs> it was insane. I couldn't, I was sitting there as a young, so I was still on FTO. Now, that granted, explains a lot about your personality. <laughs> I know that. But granted, I came in, I came into my current job with like, what I have, experience, eight, eight yeah. years experience. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I wasn't like a rookie, mm-hmm. but I was a rookie with, you know, your my current agency. agency. And I remember going, are you kidding me? This guy's going to talk to me like that? Did it draw an objection? Sorry, I'm nerding out. But it yeah. was really bad. Like everybody in the courtroom, including the jury was like, Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's not a way to win a jury. So, well, the full story was, so you get to talk to the jurors afterwards, uh-huh, right? Uh-huh. And I remember going out to my car and one of the jurors had parked next to my patrol car. Mm-hmm. So he's out there smoking a cigarette, right? All camo, my type of people, right? <laughs> so I walk out and I say, hey brother, I appreciate your time today. I know you probably didn't want to be here, but I appreciate it. Have a good one. So he's smoking a cig. And as I get in my car, he's like, hey trooper. I'll tell you one thing, when that boy said you were a Nazi, that was too far. So my thing is, if he's saying it, and that's left a lasting impression on him, maybe, I don't know what the jury would have done if he didn't say mm-hmm. something like that, mm-hmm. right? The choice of a lawyer is a very important decision, and yeah. that's not just a mistake. <laughs> it should not be solely based on advertising. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's not just a disclaimer, it's a real thing. <laughs> so, you know, you're like you look at someone like that, and of course, so I, again, I've been in front of, I think I've even been in front of your partner, is that right, Denise, or the other Denise? Or in no. front of her? You yeah. mean with, she's not, she's not a judge, but yeah, Denise no, Kirby No, sorry, not in front of her, uh, testified, City. yeah. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Is that fun for you? Uh, well, we... We won, so yeah, it is. Asterix, it, I'll check on that. It won. Hey, <laughs> that is go not ahead. Information. Yeah, if we do batting averages, I'm doing pretty good. Okay, I but cannot Google this information. So. I can look that up. Oh. All right. Anyway, so you know, my my thing is, I think that's why we have, and by we, I say law enforcement and defense attorneys, such a bad relationship because there's always like that extreme. I feel like. Let me clarify. Go ahead. You talked about Nazi man. 
Then you talked about Kirby. Then you said bad relationship. She's not part of the bad <laughs> no, no, relationship. No, no, no. Kirby's, She's Kirby's a not one. a bad relationship. She's so, a good one. Yes, I, I do like her. So I guess I'm going back to when I showed up at your training. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. she was there. and I had About nev- full circle. That's yes. how long we've had Yes, I had never met her. So you're, t- you're talking when I walk into your uh-huh, training. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it's nothing but defense attorneys. How many were there? Like 25? I think we had 30. Okay, 25, 30, somewhere. We had right. judges and prosecutors as well, but there you just, ju- there you just ju- thought that they were all defense attorneys. Well, Mr. okay. Stereotyping. <laughs> uh, okay, so first off, I did a thing on police bias, right? So, okay, I recognize bias. <laughs> so I might as well bias. bring my bias with me when I show up. But, so the best part was I sit down. Oh, it was rough. <laughs> and I'm not going to say this guy's <laughs> name, so you're probably wondering, like, uh, I'm not going to say that. But I sit down, and nobody knows who I am at the time, right? So I'm sitting in between. You're not like in your class A's. No, I'm wearing a t-shirt and, and, okay. and pants, and I just mm-hmm. stroll in. And I think you and maybe Denise were giving a present. I can't remember who was giving no, a presentation. No, it was just me, and I, I think I stopped like midwork because I was pivoting in my mind. I'm like, great. You walked in on, so it was bias in, in DWI in general, and I started with like chastising lawyers for their bias, and then I was chastising judges for their bias, and then you walked in right before the chastising police yeah. part. I'm like, well, now he's just going to think I'm a jerk. Which the, Yeah, <laughs> which you are. see the whole thing. Yeah, yeah that, which so you I, are. I glitched a little bit when yeah. you walked in. I was like, oh. I could, I, so I was, so honestly, I could actually, I walked in and you were like, I, 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 I could feel the like, I could feel the skip, and I'm like, what the heck's going on in here? So anyway. And, and the words I was going to say, no. No, yours was not, yours was not bad at all. Um, but was, what was funny was, so again, in a room of what I thought were defense attorneys for the most part. And so again, they don't know who I am. So like one of them turns towards me and she's like, can you believe they still call them wolf packs? Oh, don't even And I go, oh, are you serious? So like those of you out there that don't know what a wolf pack is, that's like a... Yeah. Could you clarify what a wolf pack is? Yes. It's a, it's a checkpoint that gets around all the constitutional requirements. Well, it's a saturation. So we're oh, out stopping cars looking specifically for DWI uh, violators, right? We do that here, mm-hmm. right out here. I'm aware. A lot of times. In fact, I have stopped people right here, right in front of you your should, office. You so. should pull them into my office. I should. I said, hey, you should get her because I just can't wait to get in courtroom with her. Oh, note to self, get a neon sign out front. I've actually, mm-hmm. no, I've actually like, I said, and hey, I'm you should call this And I'm going to put your name on it. If you're stopped by so-and-so, please, uh, please call this number no, immediately. I, I said, hey, you should probably call this person, right? Because we talked about like battling out in court, right? Um, so anyway, it was really funny to like be a part of that uh, defense class that most people would never I guess, have the opportunity to be a part of. So it was really neat yeah. to see that. Well, you're welcome anytime. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate that. And of course, there were some things that I didn't agree with, which we talked about later. Yes. But it wasn't you. Yes, that's true. It was somebody else. You always agree with everything I say. Mm-hmm. Well, no. Good I, note to make. I'll make that as part of the No, we respectfully <laughs> disagree with each other, I think. But yes. there was somebody there that I disagreed with. In fact, he had, or this person. You can say they're... No, I'm not going to. Well, I mean, not other, you don't say their name, but... Well, this person had his male. gender. Yeah, yeah this guy. Like so here's where I had a... Can I say what I had a problem with? Because I talked Absolutely. to you about it. Absolutely, sure. So basically, you were talking, and this dude was, like, so rude. Oh, yeah. He, like, interrupts you, and I'm not even talking, like, from, like, disagreement as far as, like, what he's DWI stuff. He interrupts you and basically attacks whoever's on the video, which mm-hmm. was a cop. And then you're like, well, what about this, this, and this? And as you start to talk, he's like, oh, excuse me, excuse me. And then he's like, I'm not done talking. So here's my thing. It's not your conference. Well, number one, it's not your conference. Number two, first and foremost, 
we are gentlemen. That's how I say it, right? I am not going to tell a lady, excuse me, excuse me. So I had a big problem with that. Um, and I also disagree with everything that he said. But, <laughs> Just let's make that clear. But, yeah, it was, it was the rudeness that I didn't like. Anyway, okay. Moving and, on. Yes, sorry. Yes, that's how we met. That's how we met. Wow, that was a long story. <laughs> wow, that was, I didn't realize that was so Yeah, funny. oh my gosh. question. Okay, so, <laughs> so, yes. But I think we have a... I'm glad you prepared an agenda. It's I, yeah. <laughs> well, we never stick to it, yeah, so it's, all, is, it's no always good. what is on the agenda, we don't. Okay, so talk about how we met. Now let's go with, so I, I think I text you and said, hey, I'm doing a podcast now. Would you be interested in being a guest? And I think you were like, hell yeah. I think maybe that had been your... That sounds right, but exact. I'm not yeah. remember it. Okay. She's, there's confidence in her eyes right now. Yeah. She's confident yeah. in the story. But I feel like I like begged you to be on it, actually. Well, so, okay, I mean. so kind of, <laughs> right? No, but what, so like what's really cool is I said, hey, I'm doing this podcast thing. Would you want to be a guest? And I'm pretty sure you were like, oh, that sounds really cool. That would be mm -hmm. fun. Mm -hmm. Now, that was what, six months ago? I don't know. I feel like it was forever. And you're like, dude, are we doing this or not? Are we doing this or not? Oh, yeah. That, and then, that rings yeah, more I mean, of a bell. The, that timeline um, tracks because, again, you tend to do things without any actual like plan plan on yeah. how to get them done so it did take a minute to get the actual planning yeah done. but yeah and i also pitched you before i even asked you yeah. so i was appreciative mm -hmm. which that was you the majority of our guests which i'm batting guests. 100 so everybody that i pitched just said yes yeah. Good. Oh, yeah. out of just sheer obligation yeah 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 that's true or it'd be really awkward after this but so i again i appreciate you being on here um and i invited you because i think you have a um interesting perspective on law enforcement and the defense side and i think that's um, a respectable thing to have because i appreciate your uh, the way you view things Thank right um, so that's why i wanted you on here why may i ask you did you want to be on here because obviously this is a cop. high budget just high budget <laughs> i mean so should i mention that we're paying her what fifty sixty thousand yeah, dollars to be on here yeah yeah so why why did you say yes how about that so I said yes because I think that right now there's there's a big movement about humanizing the badge, right? Oh no. No, go ahead. It's a buzzword for him. Oh. It's, it's a trigger. I'm triggered right yeah, now. Yeah. <laughs> can you guys see what's happening? Yeah. I know you can't. You should see what's happening uh, yeah, right now. Our video stopped, um, but yeah, he's triggered. He'll work through it. Oh it's no, fine. the video stopped. Dang it. <laughs> I need, I need evidence of this. Okay, so we'll, we'll talk about humanizing the badge because I agree with some stuff, but I don't. But anyway, okay, I, so I know what, what you're what saying. What I is think positive. that means, to get around the buzzword, what I think that means is right now there are a lot of negative stereotypes against law enforcement that are not necessarily fair. And so it's important to see past those stereotypes and get to know the reality of policing, the reality of the individuals who are law enforcement. And that struck a chord with me. But also, same for defense attorneys. Yeah. Because like you said earlier, nobody really has friendships with law enforcement and defense attorneys. I do know some people that are friends in that, in that regard. But, but I'm number one, right? For As far as our friendship? Yeah. Oh do you God. want me to say that on the air? Are you serious? <laughs> no, oh I'm not. Oh my gosh. Second time he's triggered in <laughs> the last five seconds. Yeah. I've had it. Keep Back drinking. Up, get out of here. Keep drinking. No, but I, I think it's important that... It's not an us versus them in the courtroom either. That defense attorneys are not big bad defense attorneys. Like sure. we are not the bad guys. And I think it's important to cultivate those relationships so that um, you know we can just have a profession that's not super stressful and that's more amicable. 
I like that. Uh, I like that a lot. Except for the humanizing the badge. Okay, why is that good for you? I'm interested. <laughs> so, so first off, I want to say I agree with what you just said, and I feel like um, from our relationship, if we ever win against each other, like I would be comfortable going, hey, let's catch it, have a beer later. Yeah, right? I wouldn't shake your hand though. Well, no, I never said I would shake your <laughs> hand, but I would allow, I would allow the um, loser of the of the um, battle to buy me a beer later, if that makes sense. Does that make sense? Sure, sure. So you're buying. Got it. <laughs> no. But anyway, sorry. Okay, no, Let's but seriously, I, again, I think that's really cool. I, I, again, I like our relationship. I like that we can call each other or text each other and bounce stuff off each other. Uh, humanizing the badge. I'm going to get on mm-hmm. that topic real quick. I don't mind the phrase humanizing the badge. Where I kind of have an issue with it is I feel like and a lot of times it's like public information officers, but we do things as cops that are like, we try too hard. Now, this is a completely, this is a Ryan's personal opinion. Right? Oh, we're saying your name? Yeah, I am, I am myself That's on weird. This. I don't know that name for you. Yeah, before. don't call me by my official title like you always do, which I don't know I, why. I don't, th- what? Yeah, you always call me by my title. No, I don't. Yes, you do. Anytime you call, you say like my title. No, I don't. Oh my God, you do too. Totally do. I, you totally. I think do. I say your last name. Okay, you may you do that. that. You yeah, may do like, that now. Yeah, Ryan. Listen, Hutton is... I was a meathead. Like I'm a sports girl, and so we used to call everybody by their by last, last name. name. So I only know you. Do we by say Hutton. your last name on these? Yeah. Yeah. Hutton, I only yeah. know you by Hutton. Yeah, we're definitely gonna get killed in our sleep. Yeah, I'm getting murdered yeah, for, sure. for sure. No, but you. Well, for other reasons. You call yeah. me like <laughs> you by my official title. Really? Yes. Oh, well, that's the only reason I like you, apparently. Oh, okay. <laughs> apparently so. All right. Anyway, that was it. A- anyway, <laughs> off topic. So my humanizing the badge thing is sometimes, oh, I get it, like, people need to see us as people and all that stuff. But then, like, the next thing I know, there's, like, a cop out here walking on, like, milk crates because it's some sort of, like, social yeah, like media trend. Like I'm like, yeah, yeah dude, I'm like, slow down, right? Yeah. We can be mm-hmm. humans and we can mm-hmm. be cops. I don't need to be walking on milk crates it's and, like, falling. It's the same vibe as, like, celebrities who donate to charity but then call press, like... Yeah. To show, look at me, yes. right? Yes. yes. So that's... So when I hear humanizing the badge, it's, that's what I see. You hear goofy yeah, viral Yeah, you hear, like, videos. the hashtag of yeah. it, right? Yeah. Like, right. That's all we're doing right. is, yeah, doing TikTok dances and... Yes. Oh, my God. TikTok yeah. cops. Oh, I know. Oh, I love them. <laughs> I can't stand it. What are Should we doing? Should I tell doing? you I found the one in Missouri? Oh my God. And I know which department he's with, and I'm just waiting. I'm just here's waiting the deal. to get a case with them. There's so, yeah. a, if you're a TikTok cop, there's a trash can right over here you can deposit yourself into. Oh, that's not nice. Listen, you it's just It's not nice, but it's true. You just took a whole group of people. No. You, you just... You just crossed onto the other There's side of the 14, line. There's 14,000 cops Uh-oh. in Missouri. Did I say 13,990 yeah. agree with what I just said because there's only 10 TikTok cops in Missouri. So, again, just devil's advocate a little bit plain. Like, maybe that's their, like, in their minds, that's If their I have to fight my way out of here from you, I'm too, saying, I will. I'm just saying, and maybe in their minds, that's their way of helping whatever divide that they yeah. are trying to bring. Here's my thing, though. Whether or not it's working, I'm not here to say. I'm but, just saying. But you're saying you don't want it to get too far that we then lose respect for law enforcement. Sure. Like there's humanized, but then there's don't a be professional, an idiot. Right, don't be an idiot. Yeah. And then, I don't know this guy's name. Somehow, like, people send me videos of this dude. It's always me. It might be. <laughs> but he's, like, on duty. He's not a uh, PIO or, like, a, uh, you know, a, a social media guy. He's just a cop. Who's out there supposed to be working the road? Yes, and he's like videoing himself freaking dancing around trash cans. Those now are that's a problem. Dollars. I mean, again, here's the deal, dude. 
I get it if that's your job, if you're like a social media guy. Otherwise, get out there and let's start stopping cars or, or seeing... or Constitutionally, you know, of course. Oh my gosh. <laughs> of course it's constitutionally, right? Hold on. He's triggered. I'm just going to keep... Yeah, you guys yeah. are getting me... She's got the worst to trigger you. You guys are getting <laughs> me worked up. So that's how I feel about humanizing the badge. I agree there's other things we could do that, that show you know we're not just robots, especially with the profession that I'm in, mm. right? A lot of times we're seen as robots, but I don't think we should be doing it on duty if that's not our specific role. I agree with you. I agree with you. So I, I think for me bridging the gap, I won't say humanizing, but bridging the gap between defense and law enforcement is important even just for courtroom efficiency. So I had a trial like a month ago and officers are so trained to see defense attorneys as the bad guy and they're so trained to make sure you're not falling into the traps that sometimes you create traps for yourself. Like I okay. wasn't trying to go there, like that's not, but also you, uh, officers can, um, just make things take way longer than they needed to. So I was in a trial and they didn't have, and I'll try not to get into too many details, but I was only trying to establish how a, a police report is written so that I could say, okay, if there's a thumbnail here, that means that the officer received it as evidence. Like that, oh, okay. that was, that was the point I was getting at Okay. because they didn't have one of the officers that received the evidence there. And so for whatever reason in the trial, that was important. To was me. this a DWI? It was, I, I, I plead the fifth on this one. Okay. It'll be very specific. If okay, I, gotcha, if I say. gotcha. Okay. But, but anyway, he thought I was attacking his report. And so instead of just answering, you know, my it could have been three to five questions, yes or no questions, and we would have been done and out, and I would have gotten what I needed, and it, it wouldn't have hurt his case. It was a different case. And so um, he was so defensive about his own report that he just kept pushing back, and it ended up like a 20 minutes worth of questioning to get to the point that could have been like four sentences and it, it wasn't fatal to the case so anyway i think it's important that law enforcement and defense lawyers aren't enemies because it just makes things easier in court sure. really for both parties i agree like so you said what courtroom efficiency i say mm -hmm. courtroom economy is that the same thing no court economy i don't know i don't, I don't know i just feel i always thought like court economy was cool to say but courtroom efficiency economy like economics yeah yeah that's really cool is it? All right, I hate um, you both. I'm gonna write it down. I'm gonna make a note and write it down later. Look at it. Okay. Yeah, we well, just I like came how back. you, yeah, you two like immediately <laughs> went silent. I just started eating jelly beans. Yeah, so we, so we went on a break right there. So if this doesn't make sense, that's Best why. Best break ever. Yeah, I went on a break to use the restroom, and then Smee's eating jelly beans. Mm -hmm. Denise is like. Oh, those are these jelly beans, and those are like those M&Ms. That's and what then, I sound like. Exactly. Yeah, just, I think I did a really good impression. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think we should just do a whole episode of you doing impressions. Yeah, and then, and then Ryan was trying to guess the cheeses, and it turns out in high school, he went to state. He competed in yeah. trying to eat cheese. Well, or tasting cheese. I mean, he, he successfully ate the cheese. <laughs> okay, stand by. Here we go. So, I'm just jealous. Again, I'm first jealous. off, I'm going to acknowledge once again that you have laid out one, two, three, it looks like four different cheeses with crackers, a very gracious host. Yeah. So what had happened was there's some cheese in front of me. I am a couple glasses of whiskey deep. So I tried some of the cheeses, mm -hmm. which led into the conversation of what types of cheeses are here. His glory days. Yes, yeah. which of course went to my glory days. And I was on the dairy foods team in FFA. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And apparently, these two knuckle. Well, I guess Smee's heard of it. Yeah, she was part of it. She competed too. Yeah, well, she was. Cooler. I was in the bottle calf. She was, was bottle calf. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah, is here's the deal. As long as your calf doesn't die, it's you win. Yeah, you just lead that around in a circle. Yeah, it's not necessarily a competitive like mm. thing at that point. Okay. It's not like did there's no like ever? there's not like. I bet it was calf. really hard, and mm-hmm. I bet you oh, went to state goodness. and did very well. Yes, Where? but did my calf die? No. Okay, so that, I did, and I got first place. Where's Bird when I, I need him? Yeah. I'm about to call Bird in on his, <laughs> on his journey. So anyway, apparently Denise had not heard of... Have you heard of FFA? At um, least? I had not heard of cheese tasting. It's not cheese tasting. So it's not a sport. <laughs> it's a team. It's a competition. So mm-hmm. a part of FFA is you had to be on like a team, a judging mm-hmm. team. So you could judge bottle calves, horses, etc., I chose to be on the dairy foods team. I would have chosen that team too to be mm. to be. Yeah, fair. no, like the I thing just, was just you. To clarify, I don't think that was an option in my. We were as a very low income. No, district. you guys totally did. In fact, you hosted. Oh really? You hosted some of these competitions. Oh yeah. wow. Okay, I just did not have the right exposure. Yeah, you weren't in FFA. All I'm asking is try this piece of cheese and tell me if it's gone sour. Which one? Well, it's not sour. I can tell you by looking at it, it's not sour. So basically, (laughs) you got to look at like the texture of the cheese. You're supposed to just take a little bitty nibble. Like, how did you clean, like, cleanse your palate in the cheese competition? No, you did. You had a little, a little thing that you drank. Of what? Whiskey. I don't don't remember. Probably. (laughs) Yes, I was in high school drinking whiskey. Here, kids, cleanse your palate. (laughs) That's cheddar. I have zero doubt about it. Uh, uh, that's no. cheddar. Whatever. It's been a while since he's ate cheese. No, how do you know that that's, that's not cheddar? You guys are because I put it together. They're both white. You don't know which is which. No, because I started right here. I'm the only professional in the room. It's freaking cheddar. I'm the only professional in the room. You know what? Yes, sir. You are correct. There we go. That is cheddar. You are right. It's about time these folks recognize. Anyway, I'm no Did longer on the dairy food team. No, no, I don't know any more cheese. Thank you, though, very much. Very good. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely Colby Jack. I can tell by looking at it. Yeah, that's sorry. A visual and pepper Yeah, <laughs> those are Starburst jelly beans. Those are almond M&Ms, or maybe peanut M&Ms. I'm not sure. Maybe peanut Easter. Peanut the best. Easter. Yeah. And then almonds. They're almonds. Okay, and here we go. <laughs> so that was a wasted okay. 12 minutes. Back to real life. Back to real life, because this has been a very serious podcast, and no jokes have been made. Okay, mm-hmm. so when you agreed to be on the potty, I said, hey, I'm going to... I'm gonna." Wait, when I agreed to be on the podcast, I thought you agreed not to call it a potty. Uh, no. Do it we, was written into a contract somewhere. Do we, yeah, I was going to say, do we have a contractual agreement? If we don't, then no. No Verbally, rules apply. And that is enforceable. Do we have the a The information contract? you hear in this po- podcast is not legal advice and should not be relied upon as such. The information you hear in this potty <laughs> is definitely legal information and should be relied upon as such. That's my legal advice. <laughs> and I am definitely, like, educated enough to do that. All right, you guys are getting way off topic. You're dodging right. the question. All right, yes. here we go. I agreed so, to something. <laughs> you agreed to be here. Mm-hmm. Um, in your office. In your, <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. in your office, which, again, I am excited that you were as excited as you were. I think that's oh, very, very cool. Thanks. Like, uh, anyway, here we go. He Ready? I digress. I'm a nerd. You are a nerd. That's true. So, as part of the agreement, I said, hey, I'm going to put out uh, some questions on social mm-hmm. media. Mm-hmm. And are you comfortable basically answering some of those questions? 
And I said, hey, I'll, I'll send them to you so you know it's not anything like inappropriate or whatever. Sure. Okay. So we have used our PowerPoll platform. The reach is, hey, we're talking 12,000 accounts. Mm -hmm. Is it a week? What is it? I don't know, a day? I don't know what it is. It's, it's not, no, that's not a month. I'm positive. I'm looking at it right now. It's a week. Anyway. I heard Smee's always right. I'm just saying. <laughs> She is the SME, so she probably is. I'm just making stuff up. Now she's looking it up, but I'm also looking it up. <laughs> listen, I did. I did. Oh, it does say 30 days. I oh, that's a month. I did listen to some podcasts in preparation, and that is what I took away, is that you are the fact checker, and you are always correct. <laughs> yes. So, okay, real quick. So you did listen to uh -huh. some, some of the podcasts, which we talked about a little bit before. Did you like it? Not really. I'm just kidding. Wow. Just kidding. <laughs> you're like the every guest that I ask, do you like it? You're like, no. Then I'm like, you're on it at this point. Well, I'm trying to improve it. That's okay. what's happening here. Okay. Yeah. So, but you listen to. Better, like, then you found them, right? Yeah. You listen to episode two and three, is what we discussed, right? Not episode one. I have no idea what the numbers were, but I did listen to some of them and I liked the sticker explanation. Okay. Sticker roulette mm -hmm. and I think the stories the from year like. Interview. Year yeah. interview. So, you're, yeah. you're traveling. Okay. So, you did not listen to. Um, episode one, yeah, which, which was about, Bird, which primarily. introduces Bird, yeah, basically, yeah. and then the highway, and you definitely did not listen to episode four, yeah, you or, you, pro that one. or no. you probably wouldn't even be on the podcast right now. No, no, I don't think you'd regret it. Abort no. mission, abort mission. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you'd regret it. It would make you question something. It's very copy. Oh, okay. Like it's it's just it's just it. three yeah. or it's just two cops talking about cop stuff with Bird, who's also a maniac. Mm -hmm. Okay. So like every episode. Can it, I be there the next time those three mm -hmm. people are there? Because I see, I also, think it's fun. When you oh. when he says cop stuff, I don't even know that that's the right word. I don't think I you'd want to be there. Uh oh. Yeah, okay, now we're losing her. I, I, we're losing I, I, her. I was like, I'm there. I don't really know what to say because I'm at all of them, so I don't... I, I'm actually nervous you're going to listen to number four when you leave here and be like... I, and I'm going to listen to it like right now. Oh my God, that would, I would actually love to see your reaction. Okay, stop. You guys are trying to get me off task. Stop it right now. All right, so we had people submit some questions to you via uh, Instagram and Facebook. And I had sent them to you kind of just a heads up. Hey, this is what I'm going to ask. Mm -hmm. And if you're good with it... I'm going to kind of just read them to you, and we will maybe discuss some of those. Probably not all of them, because we don't have time. There are several. Sure. Um, and then maybe, if you like the podcast, maybe we can have you back or even, you know. Especially Never. if you're going to put cheese out. Yeah. I, I feel like we're just going to do oh. every podcast. It's going to be right. blind-tasting cheese from now on. <laughs> hey, I'm down. I'm down. Okay. And I also love that, so I put a meme out yesterday mm -hmm. to my people <laughs> that I thought was very funny, and apparently maybe you and your people, or you probably thought it was fun, or you got it at least. I you, mean... Okay, okay, can we stop with the you people? What does that mean? <laughs> well, like... It's us and them. Law enforcement defense attorneys. <laughs> this is what we're trying to bridge. <laughs> so I put out a meme that was, it was just meant to be funny. That said, it was Matthew McConaughey that said, me being professional, asking my defense attorney friend, mm -hmm. which I said, you're my friend, mm -hmm. questions. And then I said, also me asking a question, how do you live with yourself? Mm -hmm. and, and I immediately <laughs> regretted my decision to agree to be here. <laughs> Are you but, familiar with that movie that the meme was from? Uh, it was, is it? No. Wolf of Wall Street. Mm -hmm. is what, oh, but, yeah, but that's not Don't what he's... Don't watch that. 
Okay, yeah, you're fine. <laughs> it's not what he says, though. No, it's not what he says. But also not needed to yeah. add. So what? I get it. It was a joke. Uh, so I'm gonna show you. This was actually a legit question, but mm -hmm, it's a mm -hmm, joke, mm -hmm. right? Just a joke. We sent can... in by Troopers Gone Troop. Which is my boy, will. Trooper Gone Troop. Will. He sends that in, and he's also a podcast listener. Yes, mm -hmm. and he's a meme account. He is a meme account. Yeah. So hey, shout buddy. out, shout out to my boy <laughs> Trooper Gone Troop. I did make a meme out of your question. Yeah, and I guess out. I'm just gonna br brush over that. Actually, his uh, I, his summarization or his recap of episode four might just give her everything she needs. Mm, that's right. true. Maybe yeah. I'll send that. We'll to send you. that to you there. So the answer to that question. <laughs> oh, you're gonna answer it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. No, here I we go. with myself very well. Okay. Uh, no, but in seriousness, I think that I know that that was a joke, but there are some people who genuinely feel that way. Sure. And I think that is part of the problem. And what I love about my job is that I get to defend the Constitution every day. So it's really important in our government and for freedom that we have checks and balances in the system. Sure. And I am one of those checks and balances. So if you do, you meaning law enforcement, if you do your job properly, my job's really hard. If you don't or do Or really your, easy, right? Because you may not have to go to court. That's true. Right? That's true. Um, but if you don't do your job properly, that's where I can get you. And so... The more you're upset at a defense attorney, I'm like a mirror to you. The more you should be upset with yourself because you didn't do something properly. So sorry. What is this? Uh, is it Troopers Gonna Troop calling? Yeah, in? he's like, I've are had we, it. Are we I'm going live? It. This is bull crap. <laughs> so sorry. That's okay. You were given a great answer. We're going to leave that in. <laughs> that's fine. Because that's a great answer. Yeah, that's not. He's probably got this place bugged. I, yes, I, mean, I have really. no doubt. We're the government. We have all control. Okay, so <laughs> but, anyway, you're great, great. But in seriousness, I, the Constitution is about checks and balances. Sure. And my job is just to make sure you guys are doing your jobs right. Okay. And sometimes that can be hard because we were saying before, we're human. And we don't like to face our mistakes. We don't like to own up to that. And that's hard when my job is literally to hold officers accountable and to just double check everything and make sure it's done properly. So I love what I do because I really think that our country couldn't function without it. Okay. So what I heard was, I just want to make sure that I'm on the same page, is I can't live with myself. I can't believe I do what I do. Is that pretty, is that uh, summing I'm up? I'm so glad I had a translator. Okay. <laughs> okay. No, I, that's a great Freedom. question. That's a great, <laughs> a great answer. And I am also a supporter of the Constitution, no doubt, um, especially with, so I teach a lot of marijuana stuff, right, mm -hmm. which is... You know, it is what it is, but I talk about our main goal as law enforcement is to uphold the Constitution because that's what we've raised our right hand uh, that we swore we would do, right? Um, but then specifically, specifically here in Missouri, marijuana is legal. So I kind of say, hey, here's the deal. Whether you agree with it or not, it's a constitutional right. Mm -hmm. Therefore, we now have to protect their right to purchase, possess, and consume marijuana. So again, whether my personal opinion is I don't like it or not, doesn't matter because I have sworn to uphold the Constitution, which I, again, I think we kind of agree with that part of it. Does that kind of make sense? Like you're, yeah. you're upholding your side, I'm upholding mine, and uh, it is what it is. I agree with what you're saying. I made this face because my mind went elsewhere into a very, very political side that we will not go into. But that's why I was smiling at what you just I said. Mean, I, I got a full drink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got a three quarters of a glass of whiskey. I can go about anywhere right now. I will not right say now. any of that in a recorded device okay. with law enforcement presence. I like it. I like it. Uh, Potential okay. clients learn from that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I'm going to go to question number two. I feel like you adequately answered question number one. So. Oh, I didn't know I was ju being judged on my answer. Yes. Yeah, I didn't do any yes. makeup. Yes. Like so here's the deal. If you don't answer it, I'm going to 
just go into a fit of rage and just start destroying this place. Okay. Is that okay? Because my end of the deal, if you don't answer, I'm going to continue to eat cheese. Mm. So okay, so I think I could add to that. Yeah, Smee's hanging out in left field just eating cheese yeah. this whole time. Drinking. Did you see the dip? The dip's really good too. I know. Yeah. Do you like spicy? Oh my I do gosh. Like spicy. Okay, here we go. Ready? Yes. Question number two. <laughs> How often do you know your client is will be found guilty but continue to the trial anyway? <coughs> okay, let's say we got a cough, which is admission <clears throat> of guilt somehow. I don't know how. No, you're supposed to edit that out. Um, so that was an interesting question. And I think that um, I will give a unique perspective that law enforcement never gets or shouldn't ever get. Um, and that's the attorney-client privilege, mm -hmm. right? So clients do whatever they do or they're alleged to do. They encounter law enforcement. There's an investigation. There's an arrest. And there's, you know, charges. They come to me, right? So I get to talk to that person about what happened, what's going on. And not everybody just expects to get off scot-free. I mean, if somebody commits a crime, a lot of times they know what they did, right? And so part of the job is making sure that the state can prove the crime against them. And if we're in a situation where I think somebody will be found guilty, Am I giving them good legal advice if we go to trial, right? Okay. Or is there something else that we can do pre-trial to come to some sort of an agreement? Ultimately, however, the client is the only person that gets to make the decision if you go to trial or not. Sure. The defense attorney, the attorney cannot make that decision. And so you give your client counsel about what you think might happen, how strong the evidence is, how weak the evidence is, what their defenses are, what the risks are. And ultimately, the client is the one that makes that decision. If you have a good attorney, which is what you pay them for, a lot of times you'll listen to their advice. And if they're telling you the risks outweigh the benefit of a trial, a lot of times they're going to listen to that advice. So okay. that's kind of a hard question to answer because not really often. Sure. Now, we know in Missouri there's a criminal and civil case. Sure. So my civil cases, I, I always take cases of trial that I think have good defenses, but if you do nothing, your client loses their license. If you do everything under the sun, bring every expert in, bring you in from wherever you are in the state, um, <laughs> you know, and you lose, your client loses their license. Sure. So, so really, it's it's an important way to make sure that our constitution is upheld because we can argue about probable cause and what does that look like without the risk of jail time, without real risk to the client. So okay. that's why another reason why I really like DWI is I actually get to litigate the Constitution without increasing risk to my client. Good, good answer. Yeah. I, I mean, I'll, I, I will accept that answer. Mm -hmm. Oh, we're back to judging. Yes. I, <laughs> I am the judge, jury, and executioner of this podcast. <laughs> Hear me? That's it. All right. So I like what you just said. Thank you. Um, that this is not start. It's not, oh my gosh. <laughs> that it's not necessarily, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, this is not me being sarcastic or joking, that it's not necessarily your decision. That Correct. they may say, nope, we're going no matter mm -hmm. what. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it, there have been numerous times where an attorney, again, I, I feel like I have a good relationship with my defense attorneys, right? Usually I say, here's my cell phone number. If you have a question, just call me, text We can talk about it. I'm very open about it. Where I've had attorneys come up to me before court and go, here's the deal, dude. This dude's guilty of sin. We're just going to go through the motions and I'm going to ask you the questions. I understand what's going on here. Let's just move forward. Now, I see you shaking your head and a little bit disappointed. 
Angry is the word. Angry, okay. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to say this. It was such a clear-cut case. There was nothing to argue. And the guy's going, I'm sorry that we're having to do this, but we're going to do this. Do you agree with that or not? Well, it depends on exactly what you're asking me I agree with. But the reason I'm reacting the way I'm reacting is, you were you a witness in that case? Yeah, I was the arresting officer. This attorney told you that before the trial? Yeah. That is completely unacceptable. Um, so as a defense attorney, I have a duty of... A fiduciary is the name, is the word. What? I have a, All right, listen. You're going to start throwing out fiduciary <laughs> no. and then not like... Talk, no, you're going to talk over my head. This, this happens often, and it, it really, really frustrates me as a defense attorney. And there was a question kind of similar to this, I think, on one of my social media that I wanted to talk about. You know, I am the only person that has my clients back. I have a fiduciary duty to my client. Whether they're guilty of sin, I am paid to have my clients back. And even if I think they're guilty and they're forcing me into a trial, right, uh, that's not... I don't necessarily have to be the one to go to trial. They can go to trial with another attorney. Sure, that was sure. a strong choice of language. But a defense attorney, and I've heard those attorneys say things like that, whether they say it to the prosecutor or the judge or a witness, that is a violation of the trust of your client because you are going and being buddy-buddy with that person by saying, hey, this guy's kind of a shithead, right? Like, hey, this guy, I know he's guilty, and uh, don't be mad at me, right? Sure. That's a problem. That's a, okay. That's, that so makes me for, mad to my core. Yeah, like from a civilian. <laughs> was this like a paid defense attorney? Or oh, yeah. Was a public defense attorney? Okay. Yeah. For now, some reason, in my mind, that makes a difference. No, yeah. but it doesn't. I, I, I would say that more often it is a paid attorney that says something like that mm-hmm. because they're more worried about their reputation. Yeah. And what's important to them is the money, whereas the, public the defenders... outcome of the trial. Mm-hmm, whereas public defenders, you know, I shouldn't paint people with big... No, brushes, gotcha. but they're yeah. not worried. They're not getting paid yeah. by that client, they're so they're in, that in job it. Or a glory right, yeah. they're in it because they really believe in the mission of defending individuals, making sure the Constitution is upheld, and and it's the people that are out there for hire mm. that you see making these comments. And, and I've heard it in court. And and if anybody is listening to this that makes those comments, stop. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna follow up. Okay. Okay. So here's a follow up question to that. Isn't there a point where you're going, this is complete, completely ridiculous and a waste of everybody's time? And I'm not going to say I'm God's gift to DWI, but I think I'm fairly good at what I do, right? And I see you smiling because you've never, you don't want none of this smoke. But anyway, <laughs> what I'm saying is this specific case, it was so obvious, it was ridiculous. It was a waste of everybody's time. So here's my question. Is there a point where you go, this is such a waste of time. Even though they're paying me to do this, it's a waste of time. Yeah, you can feel, I, and again, from a civilian standpoint, you can feel that in the inside, but I think that I have no idea of the ethical code between, in this system, but from mm-hmm. a business ethics standpoint, so you just bear that, you just bear yeah, that. You're getting paid I, to I, be here sure. to defend this client. And I think it's important to note, too, that the attorney trusted me enough not to get up there and go, well, by God, he just said he was guilty out there in the hallway. I mean, I'm professional well, enough that also, we're going to do the whole thing. But it also changes the way you answer questions. It's not that you would divulge that information. It makes you more comfortable, like, well, I don't have to try that hard because even the attorney thinks I'm going to win, right? And so uh, to, to your question about judicial economy, judicial mm-hmm. efficiency... Economy, the, but whatever. 
the, the benefit of being a private defense attorney versus a public defender is that I do get to choose my clients, uh -huh. right? My clients choose me. That's true. But okay. I can say, you know what? I don't want your case. Or if if you would like to go to trial, that's great. That's your right. But you should hire this other attorney. Or that's I'll a really re good point. refer you to another attorney. Mm -hmm. Public defenders don't have that choice. They okay. get assigned into that case. They're not getting paid for that case. And they can't get off it. The, okay. the, the judges won't let them off it. So I'm surprised that it doesn't happen more with public defenders versus paid attorneys because they are getting paid. Yeah, like it this, just feels ethically icky. Like, yeah. again, that is my civilian terminology. Yeah. Ethically that, icky. I think that's a legal term. <laughs> yeah. Right? I'm going to ask the legal counsel in the room. That's a legal term. She's, yep, she blinked ding, twice. Ding, ding, that ding, means, yeah. yeah. <laughs> No, okay, so I, I again, I, I like that. Um, it's something that happens often that nobody ever talks about, right? Uh, okay. I hope it doesn't happen often. Uh, okay. Um, all right, ready for the next question? I am. Okay. Submitted. Or maybe the... they're trying to lull you into a false sense of security. Ooh. Sorry. Next question. Um, I'm still very upset tactics. about that. Hey, Daddy won, so it's <laughs> fine. It's all fine. Okay. Submitted via Facebook. Here we go. What is the hardest thing to defend on a DWI case? <clears throat> Other than, well, never mind. Go ahead. Yeah, other than if you're the... Nope. No. What did you say? Other than if you're the uh, arresting officer. That's exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. That's no, exactly what no. I was going to say. Okay, go ahead. Surprisingly, so DWI, as you know, but surprisingly to the listeners and to civilians, is DWI is a really hard investigation to do correctly for officers. Mm -hmm. And so I think the hardest part to defend in a DWI is when it's done correctly. So breath testing, there's like a hundred rules you have to follow. And if you break one rule, you don't get to use a breath test at all. It's like you never took it. I love those cases because then, you know, we don't have a blood alcohol content. Okay. So right, the sorry. hardest case to defend is when, in my opinion, when everything is done perfectly related to the breath test and then that number comes in. Sure. So if, basically, if you can get the number kicked out, I mean, I think that's just common sense. That makes your job a little bit easier, mm -hmm. right? And when we say kicked out, because, and, and we say a broken rule, because it's no longer scientifically reliable. Those are the rules we're talking right, about. Right, yeah. I, we say kicked out. Yeah. You're a little more uh, formal with that. But yeah, so basically you can't introduce that number. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Well, that was very mm -hmm. simple. Yeah, pretty straightforward. I understood all that. I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like that you're answering simple questions. Yeah. I mean, I can elaborate even yeah. further if you really uh, want this to be like a, a twofer. <laughs> okay, here we go. Ooh, very uh, good question. Yeah, we had some good ones for Facebook. Yeah, this was good. I know that Instagram delivered, if we're being honest. Yeah, Instagram did not deliver. <laughs> okay. How do you poke holes in a Terry Frisk? Uh, I'm sorry, Terry Frisk v. Michigan. Hang on, let me read this question. How do you poke holes in a Terry Frisk, Slash. Michigan v. Long, search of a vehicle? Sorry. Yeah, this was one question I wasn't really sure how to answer ahead of time, and I decided I didn't. Uh, care enough to do the research. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Not to be strong, but, uh, no, but I think, no. I think the, the, the big takeaway from this is it is, it, I think I think law enforcement and some defense attorneys see it as like a game, right? And for me, it's all about reasonableness, which is what the law says, right? What did I say today in class? It's all about reasonableness. Yes. I, you just, I, will, I can verify. Love that. Go this ahead. is why we're friends. Yeah. Because, because, and I said something about law enforcement. Levels of reason. Yeah. I said something about law enforcement and defense attorneys are kind of on the same side and somebody jumped all over me about it like, well, that's a problem. But it's because it is all about reasonableness, okay. right? And so I always say, you know, the Michigan v. Long was the case about um, 
if I don't want to go into details about the case, but the officer saw a weapon and so searched the vehicle for officer right. safety, right? right? And so how do we get around that? How do you poke holes in it? The Constitution allows intrusions if there's reasonable suspicion of criminal wrongdoing sure. or if there are reasonable um, suspicion, essentially, that your safety is at risk. And so... Officer safety is a big one. Right. And right. that's something that we started with is we ask law enforcement <clears throat> to go into these unknown situations with dangerous, potentially dangerous individuals. And so we should care about officer safety. So I don't, the way I would poke holes in something like this is if it's BS, right? If it's unreasonable, then I'm going to win, right? Sure. If, if you're not reasonably afraid for your safety, then you shouldn't be looking in the vehicle and I should win. So I think that there's, you know, I kind of didn't like that question because it seemed like, oh, okay, so then how do I maybe get around that and trump up my report to make sure that I can do this search? No, if you reasonably fear for your safety and you and you have you know articulable facts that have whatever the language is it's together with rational inferences from those facts that there's a weapon present then search and find the weapon and sure. and then don't get mad at me when you come to court and we look at that search we make sure that you did it right because if you're actually in fear for your safety you shouldn't care if something gets thrown out later in court because you wanted to be safe because if you got a weapon it won't be thrown out, right? If you didn't, then you're probably just fishing and it should get thrown out. So I think there's a balance there and that's why we go with the reasonableness standard. Okay, I like that. I like, I like that answer. So make sure you have articulable facts that are real and are reasonable. Love that. Yeah, so, and I'm assuming like, this don't include a, a reasonable and articulable facts would not include any kind of bias situation. Like, is that how, is that going too deep into the question? That's of, pretty deep. Um, maybe for another like, podcast. And, and I'm gonna, Eating cheese and then drop yeah, the bomb. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she just freaking ate a loaf of cheddar and out of left field, she drops the bomb and she leaves. Too deep, sorry, but like, that's where my mind goes to is but, and, how and, do you distinguish the difference mm-hmm, between those two? So, mm-hmm. and I'm going to, I think that's a question, I'm not trying to jump in, but I think that's a question for me because I've been roadside and I right. am roadside, right? right? So, you know, I think the big thing is and I'm going to say, I, I like your answer. And then I, I kind of have another question for you that I was thinking of is, you know, not have ever been roadside that I know of. Never stopped the car. For, I'll play the fifth. Yeah, okay. Jesus, <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. right. Josh, yeah. She's got a lot of stuff I didn't know about. But, you know, I mean, I, I think like uh, if you have never stopped a car and have not been at that driver's side or passenger side window or whatever, I think it's really hard to argue at what point did you feel unsafe? Mm-hmm. And all my cops out there, I think, would agree with me. Every once in a while, you stop a car, and it's the weirdest thing. Something in the back of your mind goes, dude, be really careful here and do something different. And what I typically do, I'm a driver's side approach guy, so I, because I like DWIs, and that's where you get mm-hmm. most of your stuff mm-hmm. is on contact at the window. But every once in a while, something in my head goes, do not go to the driver's side. I don't know what it is, but you have mm-hmm. this, like, we call it spidey sense, right? Near hunch. There you go. Term. <laughs> You're totally right. But something says don't do that. So we go to the passenger side. So, I mean, I'm going to say, is it kind of difficult to have never been in that position to now challenge, well, at what point did you feel unsafe? Mm-hmm. I, I would say I hear what you're saying and I respect what you're saying, 
But <laughs> Which is, by, by the way, we're about to completely disagree on this. But go ahead. I like that. But I think that as a defense attorney, I ask you those questions, mm-hmm. right? And then you get to answer me. And if you can articulate facts that gave you that reasonable suspicion and we can make rational inferences from those facts, then no, it's not hard, right? Sure. Because you should be able to present that. I think that makes both is, of our jobs easy. Is that, mm-hmm. I mean, if we can explain that. If it is just a hunch, if it is your spidey senses, then the Constitution says that's not enough, you need something more. But the Constitution is not your blood, right? And so I've always said, and maybe I shouldn't say this on a recording on a podcast, but I've always said... But you're being recorded, you've signed a contract, go ahead. (laughs) There's been nothing signed. But but I've always said, you know, your safety comes first. Right, Right. and you've always said that, I'll give you that credit. even above constitutional rights sure. in the moment. Right. Okay. So you do what you feel like you need to do to go home safe to your family. But know that when that investigation is reviewed, if there is a violation of the constitutional rights so that you could get home safe, then you might have that evidence lost in court. Okay. And that's okay because sure. do we value your life or do we value the evidence? Yeah, right? I mean- I'll represent the jury. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually a good way to look at it. This yeah. is me as the jury here. A like one-person jury. Yeah, I mean, again, that makes total sense. That if you are, for whatever spidey sense reason, at, in fear for your life, then a court case down the road that this may get dismissed is mm-hmm. not my priority, right? Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, that, that makes sense to me from a jury standpoint. It's like, okay, maybe that was what they felt like they needed to do in the moment. Mm-hmm. They weren't able to articulate it, and it mm-hmm. wasn't able to be turned into fact, but... They went home safe, and you know, mm-hmm. like I guess that makes sense for me from like a yeah. mm-hmm. civilian standpoint. And, and I think that's where Michigan v. Long comes in because if you are getting that spidey sense, then things and you're right, then things are going to escalate, and you're going to have reasonable, articulable facts for why you do what you do, and it will probably be safe in court. But if it was just a hunch, and you were wrong, and you had heightened senses for whatever reason, maybe a bias or something, and you violated those rights, and it really wasn't necessary. That's what our checks and balancers are for. That's sure. what the courtroom is for. And and then don't get mad at me when the evidence gets thrown out because it should. We will because we don't like you. Um, That's okay. No, okay. You already yeah. shook my hand tonight. I'm, yeah, I'm I can't just give kidding. It back. So here's a here's a follow up question that is not a uh, social media thing. Have you ever thought about doing a ride along to see what we see on the side of the road tonight? Well, no, <laughs> <laughs> definitely not tonight. That's for sure. Yeah, but, no, that would be great. Have you ever thought so? Uh, again, and I, I talk to my guys about this a lot is because prosecutors, we'll say prosecutors and defense attorneys typically mm-hmm. don't know what it's like to be on the side of the road, mm-hmm. right? So I always tell my guys, hey, dude, offer up a ride along to your prosecutor so they can see what it's like mm-hmm. to be there in the moment because mm-hmm. reading a report is not the same thing or watching a video mm-hmm. is not the same thing as being there with them in the moment. Mm-hmm. So have you ever thought about Maybe doing a ride along to see what it's like. Yes, but I've never had friends in law enforcement until now. (laughs) Well, (laughs) here's the deal: you still don't have friends in law enforcement. (laughs) So no, okay. This cheese away. (laughs) (laughs) Immediately throws the monster out the window. Okay, so I think that would be, and and seriously, from a. um, But. But. May I also, throw. It back at you from a different perspective. So um, yes, I we don't sit know. At the fence table and put up with this nonsense. No, but... no, 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 no. Okay. So I think that is a very, very valid thing to say that 
we don't know what it's like, and I will never pretend to know what it's like to be an officer. But also, okay. think about it from the client or the driver perspective as well. Mm-hmm. So I sometimes maybe allegedly like to have a heavy foot sometimes, maybe allegedly. I know that you and, do. <laughs> I know for a fact. And, yeah. And, and, yes. <laughs> yeah, and, you and two I, are, I mean, I'm the only one that's like yeah, safe here. Yeah. Anyway. And I deal with law enforcement all the time. In fact, I cross-examine law enforcement, so I'm, I'm not afraid of law enforcement. And But when I'm roadside and I see those red and blues and I see an officer coming up, I will get sweaty, I will get nervous, I will get kind of a little afraid, like even though I right know now. I'm not doing, yeah, like I'm Sweaty, right nervous, and afraid. Yes, yes. Hey, I'm that's, hey, that's the title of the podcast, <laughs> sweaty, sweaty, nervous, and afraid. <laughs> that's it. There's always like a key phrase that describes the title, that's it. Sweaty, nervous, and afraid. Okay, anyway, I like go ahead, go ahead. So anyway, you got to think about it from our client's point of view too, and even, even, when it comes to field sobriety testing, I mean, that's why law enforcement officers get jumped so much by defense attorneys when they pull out their little card, their little cheat sheet for how to give walk and turn and one leg stand. Because that probably made. I did not made. make those. <laughs> I did not make those, nor do I support it. But, but the point is that you guys are trained for this, and even you get nervous, and you don't know what you're walking into, and there's a fear there, right? And, of course, citizens should not be afraid of law enforcement. Right. Like, you're not going to come at... You're not going to come at them with violence in most situations. <clears throat> However, that person, a lot of my clients have never been in trouble before. And they get pulled over and they get that nervous, sweaty, scared feeling, right? And then they're asked to exit the vehicle. And then they go into panic mode or they go into anxiety mode or they just don't really know what to do. And a lot of that is presents as evidence of intoxication. And then the investigation gets furthered and then it just snowballs. And so I, I think it's important that if you're asking me to consider the law enforcement side and how it feels, I think it's also important to remember that there are two people out there on the roadway feeling things. Okay. I like that. And I'm going to rebut it. Okay. I personally have been stopped prior to doing what I do now. So back when I was a college, high school-ish mm-hmm. age, I've been stopped numerous times because I, I too had a lead foot. Um, Allegedly, you had probably. more than a lead. No, I did. I what more than a lead foot? Oh, mm-hmm. Edit that out. Mm-hmm. Anyway, <laughs> there. Let's say I had numerous law enforcement contacts. Right? Mm-hmm. Never was it was like never a big deal. It was always traffic or whatever. Hopped up on cheese. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, always but, traffic. But I never like. I never thought, I knew I was in trouble because I had done wrong, whether it was speeding or whether it was expired register, whatever it was. I didn't have the right plates on my truck or whatever. But I never was only once pulled out of the car for field sobriety. So I had field mm-hmm. sobriety done on me one time. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that was, looking back, was probably because where I said I was coming from, which was a bar. But at the time in my it's life, illegal. I did not, yeah, I did not drink. Right, so I, I, there was like a period in college where I said I'm done drinking. So it was like four years where I didn't drink. I think Smee could probably verify that I did not drink. So they, I said, hey, I'm coming from this bar. I went out with friends, which is probably okay. Picking up some senses of okay, maybe I should check this guy. Um, I was not drinking anything, nor was I under the influence. So that I was put back in my car and released. So I, I, I think that I do understand it from both sides, and I think a good cop does understand it from both mm-hmm. sides, that there are times where people will be 
um, their anxiety will be heightened, right? So there's basically a fight or flight thing that's going on in the body at that time, usually elevated heart rate, elevated blood pressure, et cetera, et cetera. So I think a good cop understands that those things do happen, but you introduce that with odor of alcohol, admissions of uh, leaving a certain area, bloodshot, watery eyes, slurred speech, etc. Then I think we move on to the investigation side of it. Does that make sense or no? Oh, well, now, officer. Okay, here we go. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, um, next question. Yeah, next question. I just want to put on the record, and by the record, I mean this podcast. That's that you're I eating cheese? Do, yes, I am eating cheese, but I also have done field sobriety in six inch heels before and passed it because I was sober. But also. Mm, you're just too cute. You didn't upbeat. actually pass it. Oh, my God. <laughs> there we go. Now, you cannot touch heel to toe in stilettos. Because you think about the. Okay. You can Should touch... I go get my stilettos out of the car? So think uh, about yeah. it. Yeah. Think about it. <laughs> Let's do that. Yes. Think please. about it. So a stiletto usually has a triangle. Well, you can. Here we it's go. possible. But These a stiletto two are looking has. looking right at each other, ignoring me. <laughs> it, has a, it has the triangle top, right? Uh-huh. And then the stiletto oh spike God. bottom. The, so you essentially the spike have. bottom is the heel. You ha- I know. So you have like, here's the heel of one shoe, here's the spike of another shoe. Can I make them touch? That's yes, really the difficult. answer is yes, no, you can. No, the answer is no. I'm going to buy oh, you some, some stilettos in his size. I would do okay. field sobriety and stilettos right now, just so we're all clear. Stilettos in your size, I'm intrigued. Uh-huh. <sighs> okay. You give you, me his size, we're going to do an episode. You two yeah. are 5.0 or whatever number we're on. Bird, I need your help, bud. Okay, here we go. Next question, you ready? How do defense attorneys feel when they see the same officer on multiple DWI cases? too broad <clears throat> so it depends on the officer so i know this guy and i'm gonna i think i i, I think i can safely dedicated fit, D- DWA? uh no okay but i'm very familiar with this guy he's a friend of mine okay so i, I feel safe filling in the blanks mm-hmm. so when you see a guy that is that yeah you're clicking that pen i can totally hear it so when you see a guy who is a um i'm gonna say dita who, who's good at what he does right and oh my gosh, she's rolling around. <laughs> Who's good at what he does? Challenge accepted. Who thinks it's he's the, good at what he does? Oh no, it's proven. He's one of the guys that knows what he's doing. He mm-hmm. follows the rules. Mm-hmm. He's very well trained, etc., mm-hmm. etc. Et How do you feel when you see that guy over and over? And I think what his question is, again, knowing him personally, is: Are there times where you're like, it's that guy, or are there times where you're like, you know what? We'll just let the cards fall where they lie, no matter what no matter who it is. Yeah, that's still a hard question. So I think that defense attorneys feel, like I said earlier, you get to know who the players are. So if you're seeing the same officer over and over again, you know what to expect, right? And so if it's a good officer, then you probably know that you're not going to have very good defenses. But it's, it's incumbent on the defense attorney to watch anyway because one of the things I tell my clients, right, is that I, my job is not dependent on cops being bad guys. Like my job is not to turn the cop into a bad guy. The cop can be the best meaning person. He could be, you know, the best DWI defense. Uh, I'm sorry. 
it's I'm okay. trying to say this very articulately. It's okay to it's lose your tra- train of thought. It's okay. Don't arrest me for being intoxicated because I'm <laughs> I, not. Get my PDT you're not. out. You're, oh my God. There's one sitting right <laughs> there. there. I will grab that thing. an air gas container so we can make sure it's functioning oh, properly. Oh God. Here we go. Uh, what I tell my clients uh-huh. is that their defense does not turn on whether or not the cop is a bad guy. He can be a very good cop. He can be a really great guy. He can be the nicest person to my client. But the question is, that night, during that investigation, was he on or was he off? Did he have an off night or did he do it properly? So even if I see the same officer that I know is a good officer, even if I get 10 of your cases and the first nine you're doing perfect... But you're losing all 10, just so we're clear here. We'll see. You still have to watch number 10. I mean, I had a case recently. (laughs) How do I feel? So usually there are always, there's always going to be some problem because it's so hard to do these right. I had a case recently where I was really actually excited that I finally had a case where I was just going to take the deal on the table because the facts are pretty bad for my client. And I'm like, yes, I don't have to fight. Like I can actually go in there and be like, hey, we're just taking the first offer. Sure. Um, But as an attorney, you have to do your due diligence. And I watched the video and I watched the whole thing. And sure enough, this officer made a fatal, stupid error. And I was upset about that. So I'm like, now I'm going to win the case, but now I have to work on it. Like, come on. Like, how did you mess that up? So... We have lots of feelings, but it's not just based on one officer. It's based on what they do in that investigation. Her motive is more of a detective in finding the holes in the case, whereas we have discussed earlier that some people's motive might be a winning streak. Mm -hmm. So I would say, based off that question and based off who you're talking to, you might have different answers. Mm -hmm. So I can speak for other defense attorneys. So if other defense attorneys, if they know they have a good DWI enforcement officer on the case, they won't even bother bringing him in. So you're not going to go to court. You're not going to see that. And they might get frustrated because they can't win the case. Um, I'd like when I see the same officer that messes things up all the time, I could use the name. You would know who he is. No, I will not do, do not. that. I will not I'm do that. I'm dancing because I know that's why. That's it. Okay, go ahead. Anyway, I like seeing, well, I guess I get disappointed. Speaking of feelings, I guess I get disappointed when I see I have an officer who's a bad officer or has done bad investigations on previous cases, and I'm hopeful that he learned his lesson when I look at the new case, and then I get disappointed when he hasn't. And then he goes up on the stand and lies mm. while he looks in my eyes, uh, unblinking, uh, under oath. Moving on. Demonstrably. Um, <laughs> okay, so I'm going to say this. I had a an, an attorney... Um, where I used to be a deputy. So like I was on the, I was on the DWI team there. And by the way, one of the best jobs I've ever had. Mm-hmm. I loved it. The only thing I mm-hmm. was supposed to do that night is look for people who are driving drunk, which mm-hmm. I think is a, is a great thing. Cause a lot of cops don't focus on that, but she would just take cases and it was so, I enjoyed it. We had a really good relationship. Like once we got in the courtroom, it was like. I wasn't your first defense attorney friend? Mm. Oh. Well, so this her. Changed it though. No, just, her and I are not friends. <laughs> like, I mean, I, we're acquaintances. Okay. So like we would talk. She hasn't been on the podcast. She has <gasps> not been on the podcast, nor has nice. she been invited. So oh. now I can't see her name. God dang it. Okay. All right. Get to your point. I keep pulling you off your point. Because... So anyway, like in the court, in like, or outside the courtroom, we would talk and we were just like, hey, here we go. Let's do it. This is great. Whatever. So we'd get in there and we would just like 
duke it out, which was so fun. And I could tell we both enjoyed it, which was really neat. And then afterwards, we were like, hey, basically good game, right? Shake hands, pat each other on the butt, figuratively, right? And then and then <laughs> leave. Mad. Well, I got to say that, right? But it's like, you know, after a basketball game, yeah, you guys are competitors, like, in the ring. But afterwards, it's like, listen, we're all on the same team. Peace, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've alluded to the game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As and, a citizen, I will feel so I, I really enjoy, like, afterwards. No, it, it is a, I mean, I don't want to say it's a game because that kind of degrades, like, what's going on in there. But you do, you both give it your best shot, which you should be doing, right? You should. It's a fight. And that's why we call it a game. Because it, one of my mentors told me, um, when I was still in law school, gave me a lesson that I'll never forget. Never challenge. And I'm trying to apply that to law enforcement okay. with All this right. podcast in particular. <laughs> she but what was going on. But um, the prosecutor is not your enemy, right? You should be friends with your opposing counsel. As, now, a, as a defense. As a defense. Okay. So, and vice versa. But we work in an adversarial system. There's one side that thinks they're right. There's another side that thinks they're right. And we go to a courtroom and we duke it out and we fight. And so it's important to remember that I am not my client. They are not the state. We are colleagues. We're adversaries, but we're not enemies. And so that's one of the reasons it's important to me to shake people's hands after a trial. Because you put your gloves on when you walk into that courtroom and you don't take anything personally. You do your job and you do it well and you advocate for your side and you do it well. But once you walk out of that court and you take those gloves off and you're colleagues again. And I think that's really important in our system because it's meant to be adversary and adversarial. And we've just now all become enemies and that's the problem. I agree. Once you take it outside of, and we've said the game a few times, but outside of the courtroom, it's nothing personal. Right? I mean, I'm not attacking you. I don't think you're attacking me. You're just questioning, did I do things right? And if I did, it's fine. Right? And if I didn't, well, I should I should have done a better job. And Is you'll that... do a better job next yeah, time. Yeah, I will. Because right. now you know. You've okay. had that happen a lot. Uh, <clears throat> no, but okay. All right. Uh, let's move on. So, next question. If you're good with it. So, yeah, see you check. Are you good with time? Yeah. We went way over. Are you good with it? Yeah, I'm fine. You heard her. All right. What specifics make you take a plea deal? I had not seen that one ahead of time. What specifics make me take a plea deal? Just so you know, it was a basically two-part question. Mm, I didn't see the second part. Okay. Um, hmm. <laughs> Just eating jelly beans. I know. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I, I realized you were about to ask me a question. Well, I popped a jelly bean hmm. in my mouth. Um, if it's fair to my client. So I think that what I tell my clients is I'm going to get the evidence. I'm going to get an offer from the prosecutor just by entering my appearance. But I'm going to look at the evidence. I'm going to look at the video. I'm going to really dig into it and see what problems are there with the evidence. And if there are problems with the evidence, then I will negotiate with the prosecuting attorney to see something that I think is appropriate based on the facts of the case. So if the probable cause is a close call or the breath test result is not reliable and my guy looks like he's sober, then, you know, I don't really want him pleading guilty to DWI. I would say some of my most sober clients are people that refuse and and that's where probable cause becomes a close issue. So then you talk to the prosecutor because if we go do a motion to suppress and get it thrown out on probable cause, they get nothing, right? But if we... 
This is an ill-timed laughter. He's eating a cracker. I'm not laughing at Sorry. the Constitution. I feel like I should move okay. the crackers away from the yeah, mic. That's okay. I keep wanting okay. to. Yeah, I keep wanting to eat them too. Give me the cheese and the crackers away. But um, so if we go to a motion to suppress, and I'm right, and the, and the um, arrest should never have happened, well, the state loses everything because everything gets suppressed. The whole case goes away. If we're wrong, then the client is facing the DWI charge. And so that's where negotiations come in and plea deals come in to say, well, how much is the state willing to risk and how much is my client willing to risk? So usually past results afford no guarantee of future results. Each case is different. It must be judged on its own merits. But if I think it's close on the arrest. Is that like in the fine print or I feel like this no, is definitely an attorney answer. I'm about to talk about results I get. Okay. And so the bar oh, requires okay. me to say All those right. things. Keep going. But, but you know, if, if I think it's a close call on the arrest, what I'm looking for in a plea deal is an amendment off of anything alcohol related down to a Carrollson imprudent driving because that's more appropriate to the facts of the case, especially in a refusal case where we don't have blood alcohol. Um, we have somebody that... The officer's doing HGN and nothing else and screws everything up and doesn't realize that they are screwing it up and it's not going to be admissible and the person should probably have never been arrested in the first place. See, here's my, here's my issue, right? She seems to be getting sharper with champagne and I am going <laughs> in the opposite direction. Well, um, There are definitely more terms that are being utilized. Um, uh, the more she, she made sure, <clears throat> I am not going in that direction. So, Utilized and slurred at the same time. Just <laughs> for the record, I'm going to say that I don't think it's a problem only administering HGM because of... If you do it correctly. But I'm talking okay. about when they do it improperly and they don't have any other evidence. What is and so what they oh, ugh, No, no, I can't get... Oh, oh, oh. I'm but, starting, but I'm if starting they to battle back and that's not what I want to do right now. But if you... Yeah, if you, if you administer HGN improperly, then you may be seeing something that's not actually due to alcohol or drug intoxication. And if you have really no problems with the speech, really no problems with the balance, your client's walking fine, talking fine, looks like a duck, duck walks like a duck, a sober duck, but the HGN is what caused the officer to... Arrest him. So are we defining properly by like an intimate? So I think that's the AI, question is what is like, I, that's we're, we're defining properly by science. <laughs> what the science says. <laughs> How oh many times God. can I trigger him? I'm over here just getting so <laughs> worked just out. Like, yeah, he is a, so he like, is a uh, medium shade of red. Um, uh, and he's rocking <laughs> to himself. Well, because I know, it's not a rocking chair. <laughs> I know you and I have had this conversation before, and it's like, what's proper, what's not? And you say based off science, right? And so I think the question is, and we probably don't need to get like specific into this or you know, no, really deep into this, into is it, like <laughs> what's proper and what's not. And I know that you and I have talked about seated HGN, right? And you say like, you know, based off science. And I, and I think, I could be wrong, we've talked about Maybe you don't agree with seated HGN. Is that right? Or and again, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm not setting you up here. This is not a thing. Well, I think that it depends. It depends on where and how you can move your stimulus while the person is seated. Okay. So if they have full range, basically, uh, to administer lack of smooth pursuit, distinct and sustained, mm -hmm. if they can get that full range in a seated position... In your mind, I say it's completely acceptable. Mm -hmm. Is it acceptable in your mind? If the test can be done properly in the area where the person is seated, then I think that's okay. That's I think that friends. in a patrol vehicle, it's very difficult to have that room and the positioning of the person to be able to do seated properly. Okay. To which I would follow up with, 
<laughs> have you ever administered HGN in a patrol vehicle to see if it can be administered properly? Of course I have an officer, but you're going to bring me on your ride along and we're going to do it. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Again, I love our back and forth banter thing. It's, it's awesome. So I, again, I've done it a lot. I typically administer CD to HGN. I train, um, go ahead. So are you talking about when the officer is in the driver's seat and the subject is in the passenger seat or when the subject is in the passenger seat and the officer is outside of the vehicle? I do it. I'm in the driver's seat. Mm. Oh, yes. God, I I'm going to beat you. I'm going to win I my cases. I will destroy you. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, I, first more off. More saturation patrols. I will destroy you, but let's move on to the next question. All right. Um, what is the biggest mistake officers make when writing DWI reports? I'm really still excited about that last question. Um, <clears throat> the story of it. Go ahead. <laughs> the biggest mistake officers... I have no comment from the story. <laughs> uh, Smee's over eating jelly beans <laughs> and cheese. Deep into the jelly Sometimes beans. both. Cheese and jelly beans. Yep. Uh, or peanut butter. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what was the question? Biggest mistake. <laughs> okay. What is the biggest mistake officers make when writing a DWI report, which I am going to abstain from because I feel like I could yeah, answer I that question. Yeah, I have every faith that that's going to happen. So I think that... <laughs> <laughs> I think that getting uh, check mark happy is probably a big mistake. You're, so and now you're talking about the alcohol influence report. Mm -hmm, I see. Mm -hmm, okay. Mm -hmm. So officers who mm -hmm, check a box mm -hmm. and say they did something that they really didn't do, and that usually comes with the mouth check. So I will. So say, the observation. What what point they begin their observation? So. The reason or I whether ask, they even check the mouth at all. The reason I ask these specific questions is totally not to set you up, but we have people from all over the country listening. Uh, so like different states do different things, It's right? not just the three of us in my office right Correct. now. Correct. Yeah. I forgot about that part. <laughs> Correct. So like in Missouri, we do our 15-minute observation. Some states do 20. But basically, we check their mouth to make sure there is nothing in there, no foreign objects. Mm -hmm. That's what you're talking about, right? That's okay. correct. All right. Just, just verify yeah. and go ahead. Yeah. So prior to the breath test, you have to do a, a mouth check and then... A 15 minute observation period and there's a checklist on the breath test ticket itself certifying that the officers did those mm -hmm, things mm -hmm. and it's very easy to just go through and certify it and I, I don't think I've ever seen I, I cannot remember a single report I've ever seen in my career where they did not check the box for looking in the mouth for okay. doing the mouth check okay however when we get the video I will say, I don't want to put numbers on it, but I would say it's probably more than 50% of the time they don't, um, and, and they say they do. So I would say that's, that's a big mistake, is don't put something in the report unless you actually did it, and actually do it when you're doing the investigation. Okay. Um, another big one in the written report on the alcohol influence report, <clears throat> in the state of Missouri, and my defense attorney friends are going to be mad at me for this, but... Um, Hey, that's why they're not invited on here. <laughs> there's, there's the uh, implied consent in Missouri. They have to read certain warnings before they ask you to take a breath, blood, urine, or saliva test. And there's a checklist to go through the five lines of implied consent. And underneath it, it asks whether or not the person asked for an attorney. Mm -hmm. Sometimes officers skip that line and don't put yes or no. And that's, that will be an automatic win. Automatic win? On a civil case. The criminal case is different than the civil case, but yeah, it'll be an automatic win on the criminal case. God, I just... Make notes. <laughs> we need to be, like, clashing in a courtroom. I, so I like the questions. For the record, um, the, the inability or the over-checking of boxes is not unique to this industry. Mm. It is uh, a very common ailment 
I don't know why mm -hmm. we have a worksheet for DWI like officers are too stupid to do it themselves. Like they need just little boxes they can go through and check. <sighs> okay, <laughs> so like if we look at somebody who makes a lot of arrests and is good at what they do, if you have a fillable form, it is much it is much easier and efficient for them to check a box. <laughs> now, I'm going to say this from have worked have worked at like uh, municipality, uh, county, and then now where I work now, right? So each like agency has a different program. One of those agencies programs, I don't know why it is, but will like automatically check a box. Like it's a default. Yes, option. in a certain area, even if we uncheck it. Which, and I'm going to give the court um, credit uh, credit here. I when I've explained it, listen, I, this happens. I don't know why. But it does. This is not what happened. Um, they've always given me the... Uh, yes. Now, and I think that goes back to what we originally started talking about. When there's a mistake made, whether I made it or not, admitting mm -hmm. that that is not mm -hmm. accurate information is mm -hmm. probably the key to getting that information in. Would you agree? Yes. And I should caveat my statement again with Missouri law that... Right. In a civil case, the Missouri Department of Revenue is the opposing party to the driver. And there is a law that says, in a civil case, the Department of Revenue does not have to bring any witnesses in. They don't have to bring a warm body in. All they have to do is put the report into evidence. Mm -hmm. So if an officer is going to testify in Missouri on a civil case, the chances are high that the defense attorney is the one that brought you in. So I say it's an automatic win because a lot of times the Department of Revenue attorney won't be bringing the officer in because they don't mm -hmm. want to waste your time and they right. assume that your report is full, accurate, and complete. And so if we put just that record in and that box is not checked one way or the other and it's not there's, there's nothing in the narrative about it, then it's an automatic win. If I were to bring the officer in or DOR brought the officer in and questioned them about it and they say, oh yeah, no, he didn't ask for an attorney, I just missed that box, then the court will do what sure. very likely will do what they did in your case and just say, yeah, that's just a human error. But Okay. All right, gotcha. All right, last question. We are one hour and 45 minutes into this podcast, which is uh, 45 minutes longer than we expected. Sorry. No, it happens. Every, <laughs> I'm okay with it. We got nowhere to be. Yeah. I just figured you guys liked my cheese. It, yeah. <laughs> it actually is good cheese. Mm -hmm. Starting okay. to get a little curly. Yeah, though. it's This is a pretty deep question. <laughs> All right. And I think I, I I'm, I'm pretty sure I sent it to you, okay? Mm -hmm. um, with all the hate... Oh, I didn't think you were actually going to ask this question. Okay. Do you want ahead. me to? Sure. Because I don't really understand where it came from. Okay, okay? go ahead. And, so I don't know if it's like random, whatever. With all the hate and bias that are so openly shared now, is it a struggle to make people understand that all all caps, all people deserve to be treated fairly under the law. Yes, that is my job. My job is to make sure that all people are created, are treated fairly underneath the law. And I will say it is a very interesting thing to be a defense attorney because I do support law enforcement and I do believe in the constitution and I do believe that my role is important in the constitution and that every citizen deserves representation when the mighty government is pointing their finger at you. It's my job to stand between the government and my client, Joe Citizen, right? And so 
it's it's really surprising to me when I talk to even even conservatives, right? They they should have the Constitution number one in their mind, right? They should have big government against mighty or little citizen in their mind, right? And I say I'm a defense attorney, and instantly, instantly their eyes glaze over with like concern and hate and kind of back off a little bit until I'm able to talk about like this is what happens in our county. These are cases that I currently have. This is how the Constitution is being eroded in cases of DWI. I've talked to you before about a case where, that I have. It's still open. The criminal case is still open where my client was, from the point of contact to arrest, 54 seconds passed. You would think maybe there was an accident or maybe there was something serious or she was slurring her speech, falling down drunk, something really bad or obvious was happening. No. In the civil case, I got a no probable cause finding from the bench on that case. And that was here in a very conservative red county. And so when, when I'm able to tell people law enforcement's great, but without checks and balances, too much power can be taken advantage of too. Even with well-meaning officers, I don't think this guy is a bad guy. I just think maybe he's drinking the Kool-Aid and somebody needs to stand up and say, whoa, 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 whoa. That's, you need to do more of an investigation. The constitution demands it, that that's not okay. Um, same, same individual, I won't go into more detail because I, <laughs> now I'm starting to talk too much so about you said drink. So you said drinking the Kool-Aid, so he's a lieutenant, clearly. Mm -hmm. No. <laughs> I didn't know about that question prior, but I had yeah. a note on mine of just like the overall climate between law enforcement and defense, you know, just over time or if it was more polarized now than ever or as a civilian who mm -hmm. pretty much stays at home sure, um, and drinks. Uh, okay. Uh, this is actually an intervention. Yeah. Denise and I are here so, to like, yeah, okay. You need a refill. You yeah. can drink <laughs> refills on that. You should go do a So as a civilian who, you know, doesn't have a lot of encounters other than the, the left foot situation. Or listen to episode five where Smee oh, does have a lot of encounters. Yeah. So again, I don't have a lot of encounters at all. So I don't, um, I don't have a lot of exposure to your guys' world. And mm -hmm. so my question was just like the overall climate between the law and defense in a very, what we would, I would hopefully all agree, is a very polarizing time, which we won't get into, but the why, but a polarizing time, it is worse than it's been like historically, or if it's about the same, or if it's just more well known or more prevalent, or if it's because you guys live in it every day, because I don't live in it, so I don't know. It's mm -hmm. a great, that is a great question. I'll I shut her down right know. now. If I need to shut her down, so no, 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 every, don't shut her down. No. I just, every episode I, I we fire Smee, and yeah. you know what? You're fired yeah, again. I mean, every, honestly, an hour and Yeah, you've days. made it 145. <laughs> no, okay. no I, what do you think about that? That's a great question. Don't shut her down. I, I don't know how I feel so about that. So if we're being honest, I wasn't listening. No, um, no. That's facts. That's actually far. So her question was, is there a greater divide now between law enforcement and defense attorneys, or is it just more in the public eye and it's always been yeah so I, I first off i was listening i'm not rude um i don't think that there is a more uh divisive i don't think it's more divisive now than it's ever been i think that this is a continuous relationship that we've always um never really liked each other or respected each other which is which is unfortunate right but now it's kind of coming more to light that we don't like that like we don't like each other Mm -hmm. um, so I think this has been going on for a long time, 
and now we're just starting to talk about that we don't like it. So again, mm-hmm. from, so from my standpoint, I get officers going, I can't believe you went and shook their hand after they took you to court. Mm-hmm. Dude, what's it matter, right? Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, I would treat them just like the next person down the road. Mm-hmm. So I don't really think so. I don't think it's more divisive now than ever. I just think we're now just talking about it. Mm-hmm. What, what do you think? I, and I, I swear genuinely... to God, if you disagree with me, I am going to edit this entire thing out. <laughs> I, I, genuinely, I genuinely do not have an opinion. I, I want to think about that for a little bit um, because I don't know. I, I don't know. So, follow-up question, and while she's thinking, uh, from her perspective, from the law enforcement perspective, do you think it may have something to do with the fact that you guys are, just as a, as a whole, more um, scrutinized than you have been previously? So, again, you, you and defense attorneys in that industry have always been adversaries or at odds with one another, but um, now, when, I'm going to say it, maybe your allies are kind of waning, right? You don't have a lot of that public support. You don't feel some of that um, uh, backing from leadership, some of those concepts. It's just more inflamed, I guess. Okay, I'm, in, I'm from healthcare. That's a word I'm gonna use. Inflamed, um, that it's just, it's, uh, it's more prevalent or it's just kind of more, you know, irritated because in past decades, you had different forms of support. Does that make sense, what I'm trying it does. to say? Mm-hmm. It so feels it, worse now because you've lost the support yeah, that you used don't to have. Yeah, like, you don't have, like, whether it's true or not, whether it's perceived or real, you don't feel like you have that backing. So now you have these vicious defense attorneys that you've always been at odds at, but now their bite might be a little bit more vicious because you don't have some of those traditional forms of backup. Okay. Love the question, by the way. Yeah, I'm so, see. I think, I think it was a multi-part question. Number one, you talked about leadership. Number two, you talked about like public support, right? And if we look at public support since really the early 90s, public support hasn't really changed, right? So it's gone from 55% to roughly in the high 40s, and it's kind of fluctuated between 55 and you know, 48, 49% as far as su- supporting law enforcement. So that hasn't really changed. And right now it's sitting at about 55%, just like it was in 1990. So 55% of the public says law enforcement is doing a great job at what they do. So I don't think you can you can put public support and leadership in the same category. Two different monsters, right? Overwhelmingly, I think the public supports what we do. The reason that I say that is we can only police people as hard as they want to be policed, Right. So the people make the rules, we enforce those rules. What happens from the defense side is they just make sure that we are, and correct me if I'm wrong, we are enforcing those rules justly based on the rules that the people have set forth for us. Yes. Would you agree? Okay. So if we look at statistically speaking, we we are no less or more supported now in 2023 than we were in 1990, mm-hmm. which we could say are the golden years, right? You and I have talked about that. Mm-hmm. Now, leadership, you're about to get me on a whole another soapbox mm-hmm. here. Trigger. Oh, oh, tr- this I is knew a tr- that trigger. This is a like, trigger. Ooh, so, and maybe I, sh- maybe I shouldn't really dive into that now, but I think leadership overall is a whole another topic, um, which again, maybe I should reserve and I probably will reserve, but from a public standpoint, I don't care what you're being told by what media outlet you listen to. 
public support is pretty much the exact same now as it was in the 90s. So don't listen to what you're hearing negatively or positively. It's the exact same. People understand there needs to be law and order. Mm -hmm. And whether it's um, them supporting us or defense attorneys making sure that we do that justly, it's all the same. So I don't feel our relationship has changed at all over the past 20 years. And I didn't start COP until 2010. So I've been in it about 13 years now. For me, nothing has changed. I do it just like I always have done it. I treat people fairly. Um, I'm a, a lady or gentleman that enforces the law, and I try to treat people exactly the way they should be treated. If that makes sense. Did um, you? Did you? Did go ahead. Did you just say you were you were a lady or a gentleman I that enforces the law? Were quote that. It's 2023, and I have to include everybody, right? But you were just talking yeah. to your, about yourself. I about am seems a gentleman. like you got confused there for a minute. The Wait a second. Are you judging me on what I can or cannot be at this point? Okay. Listen, I'm judging your words. That's all. okay. But no. And I always teach this. We are ladies and gentlemen who enforce the law, right? We are out there to do our job and nothing more. We are not mm-hmm. trying to find people who are doing things that might be illegal. It either is or it isn't. But also, may I say... Probably not, but go ahead. Well, I'm surprised because you're going to want this recording for sure. <laughs> you're one of the good ones. Like, you are one of the ones that really... Feels- Can we make this a sound bite, please? Actually, I think our... <laughs> Recording function stopped. Yeah, so the, the computer wrong. actually started yeah, no, shorting out. No more storage allowed. <laughs> okay, go ahead. No, but but that's you are one of the good ones, and that is the right attitude to have in law enforcement. And unfortunately, just like any career, there are bad ones, right? There are bad defense attorneys sure. who are going to take you under their wing and say, "Ah, oh, my client's guilty. Just get through this cross," sure. right? And so, I think. I think I lost my train of thought there, and I'm going to leave it at... <laughs> Too much cheese. Too much cheese is right. No. Okay, here we go. I have a couple things on my list. Number one, I see that you have three post-it notes, which I've tried to ignore this entire time. No, no you hit them. Uh, but is there anything on your post-it notes or your little notepad that you, want to, that, that you want to talk about? <laughs> Anything, anything that I want more? to talk about. Yes. Okay. Anything you want to talk about that we have not covered yet? I think there's one thing that I would want to talk about that oh I haven't covered gosh. yet. Oh my gosh, this was literally me being nice, but go ahead. Get out. <laughs> I just kicked me out of the street. <laughs> I can oh. Yeah. oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. So I'm you're, outside you're like good. talking through the window. Okay, go. what do you got? Um, so I think one of the important things to remember about defense attorneys and what our job is, is something that my criminal procedure professor told me in law school. Nerd alert. But... <laughs> Um, the rights of the innocent are enforced through the guilty. Because if somebody, if law enforcement comes to your house, breaks down the door without a warrant, comes and searches for drugs and doesn't find anything, so what? It's never going to see the inside of a courtroom, practically speaking. I mean, we have federal lawsuits, 1983, but practically speaking, it's not going to see the inside of a courtroom. Where we have a lot of our constitutional rights really ferreted out and, and engraved is when it does see a courtroom and when there are guilty people. So a lot of our, you know, Miranda rights or right to remain silent, those are murder cases that we get those things ingrained and really fleshed out. And so that's another important kind of answer to the how can you represent people that you know are guilty because there's something bigger going on. If we're not going to stand up for the people that are accused and may have done it, 
where do you draw the line for when you're accused and you didn't do it? And how are we going to make sure that your rights are protected? And how are we going to prevent that overreach? So, so it's always a sliding scale. Um, and that's why I say checks and balances, because you need somebody standing in the way to make sure it's just done properly. I like that. And I'm going to steal the words from another defense attorney that I um, enjoy, their company. And we are two sides of the same coin, right? As long as we're making sure things are done properly, Mm -hmm. that's the only thing we're, I don't want to say the only thing we're there for, but we're just, we're there to make sure that American citizens are giving their uh, their due diligence in Mm -hmm. our courtroom. Mm -hmm. Would you agree? Mm -hmm. That's it. That's all I got. Oh, okay. What? Yeah. There was an end to this night? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we are uh, two hours, <laughs> as usual, into the potty. So what I'm going to do is what we uh, typically have is final thoughts. Oh, I thought that was the final thought. Um, I mean, if you want it to be. Yeah, we can So Smee, who is, I have no doubt, full of Munster cheese <laughs> at this point. I want to hear your final thoughts. Yeah. Oh, Smee, I'm going to give you the first go. Final thoughts. Oh, wow. Get it. Oh. Okay, so I think this has been a great conversation yeah i mean i have i had no background going into this so i think it's been fun to hear and to watch you guys duke it out you would agree um, that i won but okay i didn't know i was keeping score um but yeah I, like i said this is a very fun dynamic that i don't know that i would ever have access to if it wasn't for this wonderfully highly rated um definitely going to be fastest growing fastest podcast in southwest Missouri. Yes, it's just uh it's been great. I think I um, don't know that I added anything, but I think that I represented the jury. <laughs> you added the some things, folk. but you depleted cheese. Uh-huh, I yeah, think I that's... definitely contributed some dots, <laughs> but definitely, you know, removed all the cheese from yes. the table. So. There's still a cheese plate over there. Cheese so. and jelly beans, so. Okay, And great. there's non-curled cheese in the fridge, so <laughs> yeah. don't worry. We can keep going with it. Yeah, no, I think it's been great. I think it was just exciting and fun. Normal people don't get to have these conversations, yeah. so. Well, I'll jump into that so that you can have the actual last word. But um, thank you for having me on here. Thank you for trekking all of your stuff here and setting up. And this isn't normal. We don't get to have these conversations. That's why I value our friendship because I don't get to do this with other people either. And I think that's really important that law enforcement and defense attorneys open up this channel of communication so that we can realize you're not the bad guy and I'm not the bad guy. We are in this system together. Love it. So first off, thank you for giving me the last word, which I don't think a defense attorney has ever done. And thank you for the t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, thanks for the mug. So again, I appreciate you, uh, number one, being on the podcast because I'm not sure how many people would say yes. I don't know, maybe a few, but you did and you were anxious about it. And I love like, the energy and stuff. Thanks for hosting yeah, us great. in your office, which has been really cool because usually, again, we do it in a dirty motel room. Mm-hmm. And that's just a dirty office. I mean, it's semi-clean. Yeah, I mean, like, I would put a, I would put a dirty motel room just above this, mm-hmm. but it's fine. Yeah, a historic building probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, but seriously, I, I appreciate you being on here. I appreciate your, like, the banter that we have and the, how we can talk and still be friends at the end. I think that's very important. And then at the end of the day, you know, we want... Um, the Constitution upheld, period, right? Mm -hmm. So I appreciate that, and really that's all we have, and that's about it. So thank you. Will you be on it again? Oh, put me on the spot, huh? Yeah. This isn't going to serve as like two separate podcasts here? (laughs) Well, we got two hours. It might be two, but... I I would be honored. In the future, if we just happen to be in the area with our podcast gear, would you be on it? 
Yeah, I would be honored. I'd come to Jeff City too if you'd have me. Awesome. Or wherever yeah. else you guys post up sometimes in motels. Well, we are everywhere. Appreciate your time. Thank you for being here and appreciate you guys listening and peace.